deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZZ. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we talked about it a little bit on our bonus episode, but for the uh, for everyone else, this is a Saturday recording. It's we're Saturday. Little, it's Saturday. We're a little out of sorts uh, on this uh, on this recording mm-hmm. on this fine day. How are you feeling? Are you excited to be back in the saddle and uh, uh, um, discussing Harry Potter news with your I Saturday? Mean, yes. <laughs> I, I am actually. I, I was gonna do some moaning and groaning and be like, uh, "Harry Potter, talk about Harry Potter on a Saturday. This sucks." But no, I am. <laughs> I am very excited. Um, I have been waiting for this all week. Also, the the benefit of Saturdays, I it just feels low pressure. I, yeah, I'm feeling chill today. Yeah, kind of. We can kind of cruise it today a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we slept in a little bit. Yep. Uh, we had a fun bonus episode recording so we're we're we yeah we're good to go we're real loose and uh and um yeah yeah excited to to get to this absolute pile of news mm-hmm. that has been happening this week we almost recorded a bonus episode last saturday yep because of everything that was happening yes but that wasn't just because of of life was not able to manifest and so we are left with an absolutely gigantic stack of stuff to get through this week (laughs) kind of amazing i mean like like this is this is now the god i don't even know know how many times this happened now but like us recording an episode and some huge news dropping like as i'm editing right uh and that was that was Maybe th- this week, this past week, has maybe been one of the best examples of that. Mm-hmm. We spent a long time last week, kind of chatting about like, oh, what, what, I wonder, you know, will will they ever get rid of Johnny Depp? What happens if he loses his lawsuit? And then, boom, he lost the lawsuit and got fired from Fantastic Beasts <laughs> three, like <laughs> right after we finished talking about it. Yeah, this is like very very magical thinking of me for sure, but mm-hmm. it is just. You know, as much as we've done this, I always feel like I say something and then the news comes out that feels like a response to what I said. And I'm like, wow, I can't (laughs) believe I said, I think that last week maybe I said, like, I don't understand what could change if he lost his case. Like, because there's no, like, what does that do? Like, what... (laughs) I mean, I'm still asking that question, right? Um, but the answer was sort of given to us, like immediately after we <laughs> talked about it. Yeah, this is from the Guardian. Johnny Depp is set to exit the Fantastic Beast franchise after being asked to resign by Warner Brothers. The actor announced the decision in a statement on Instagram, one that comes just days after he lost his libel case against the Sun over claims he abused his ex-wife Amber Heard. I wish to let you know that I have been asked to resign by Warner Brothers from my role as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts, and I have respected and agreed to that request, Depp wrote. He then followed the news with an insistence of his innocence and a promise to continue his legal battle to prove it. Blah, blah, blah. The news was also confirmed by Warner Brothers in a statement which details that his role of the villainous Grindelwald will be recast. 
Uh, genuinely, Incredible. I did not think this would happen. Yeah, I I'm surprised. I mean, it's it's one of those things where obviously it's like the 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 best thing to do and should have been done a long time ago, but I think that's also what made it seem so implausible where it's just like in for a penny and for a pound, right? Like That was already... sort of my thought is that it's like how how do you get to this point mm-hmm. and still be willing to have this be the straw? Right, exactly. It's it's I'm and and it really just goes to show that everything we've said all along about this, this was never a um, morality decision. It was always a bottom line decision. Mm-hmm. And I guess somebody determined that like, okay, if he is, if there are headlines that say he has lost this case, that is the point where it crosses over into a problem for us, right? Do they focus group that? Because I like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what those meetings look like. I don't know how you mm-hmm. come to that decision. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe maybe I don't... Maybe I am out of touch with, like, mainstream sentiments about this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, him losing his libel case is not what, like, pings it on the radar for me. Who gives a <laughs> shit? Is that really the line that, like, mainstream audiences draw that want to go see the Harry Potter movie with Johnny Depp as the villain? It's like, <laughs> oh, well, Johnny Depp lost his libel case against the tabloid The Sun. I will not see this film anymore. Yeah, well, I think I think that, that like, it's specifically the nature of the libel case that I think... Um, is is why it feels like still such a cynical decision on Warner Brothers' part. Mm. Because the case, and like this is something that I think a lot of people and even a lot of like pundits talking about this whole case have misunderstood from the get-go, is that this was not a case that was like Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp, who is the bad guy, right? right. The the case was and 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 this is speculation on my part, but this is for sure how it seems. Johnny Depp's lawyers going, RPR is terrible right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need an easy case to win. Let's sue the Sun, which is like, I mean, like to be frank, the Sun is a fucking rag, right? Yeah, like it is, it, it's a it's a shitty tabloid. Um, and and they they were like, well, this 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 is probably low hanging fruit. If we can get a win in, that will look good for Johnny, right? Yeah, and that headline does look good, right? Like it it looks good to see the headline like court rules that Johnny Depp cannot be called a quote unquote wife beater because exactly. that was the case, right? Yeah, it was specifically over the line wife beater, and so and so it, yeah, it was never a case of like who who was the bad guy, Johnny Depp or Amber Heard. It was specifically Johnny Depp suing. Uh, the son saying, no, I am not a wife beater. And then the evidence turning out to be, well, yes, you are. Regardless (laughs) of whether or not Amber Heard also, like, you know, abused him or whatever, that's that's never been the point of this case. Right. Um, Even though that's where, like, the discourse has fallen. So him losing that now means that, yes, in fact, uh, this is is a, a, a big gamble they took here. Uh, the gamble was, like you said, if he if he wins, it looks good to have a headline that says Johnny Depp beats wife beater case, right? Mm-hmm. If he loses that case, that says Johnny Depp loses case that says he can't. The newspaper can't say he's a wife beater. You're pretty donezo at that point. Yeah, uh, I guess so. That's a that's a real double edged sword there. Um, so Johnny Depp losing that and and that that now being the headline. 
I think that is probably, from Warner Brothers' perspective, total poison. Counterpoint. Um, yeah. I feel like probably the big money is probably not the UK. I think mm-hmm. the big money is America and China, right? From, yeah. From just movie movie maker executive guy perspective. Totally. I yeah. feel like the awareness of how strict and how much like advantage someone someone has in the UK doing a libel case against a newspaper is not widely known outside of the UK. Sure. Right. So so I guess from again I'm trying to put myself in like a mainstream audience perspective like again this, this story doesn't really register for me as mm. mainstream american audience member mm-hmm. i think that's a fair point although i think that also um everything is so like media coverage not media itself but like media coverage is so international now mm-hmm. that maybe that that barrier doesn't really matter you know yeah, i guess uh, so because it's like, it, it, regardless of whether or not it has anything to do with, or you know, whether whether any pressure was put on the scale because of the UK's bizarre and fairly unique libel and, and slander laws, um, mm-hmm. the the end result is there are a ton of people, you know, seeing this headline, digesting this headline all over the world that uh, the Johnny Depp lost a case uh, that says uh, that the newspaper can't call him a wife beater right i, I think yeah, I like guess that, so. that 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 en- that enters the discourse so quickly regardless of any of the other context around it so mm-hmm. i could i could just see i mean like you're right in the sense of it's like it's like yeah the warner brothers the, the, again they've been they've stuck with him for this long why is this the, <laughs> why is this the straw right um, yeah they're still by the way still shooting with ezra miller uh, Ezra Miller is still on the set. They're they are still filming. They're even filming pickup shots for um, Justice League on the set of Fantastic Beasts. Apparently, so <laughs> I guess if they don't lose a court case, they're fine. If Johnny Depp loses a court case, that's that that's re- I guess I guess just getting it in writing is the only thing that Warner Brothers cares about, right? I guess so. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe it's like the stock market that it's all just stupid, right? It's all made up. Like they don't, yeah. they don't have any special knowledge. Some guy in a meeting was like, "Well, how about if you lose this, we'll fire it." And then the other guys were like, <laughs> That's, well, "That sounds yeah. good." Yeah, whatever. It's, it's meaningless. Arbitrary. Yeah, yeah. Just, just someone in a meeting saying, "Like, all right, if th- here's the arbitrary line we've drawn. If if this ever happens, we will, we will pull the plug." Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately for them, they pulled the plug a little too late because he'd already done a day of filming, <laughs> which means he gets his full salary. <laughs> so I bet someone's getting fired over that one. So funny. Yeah. It's not, but it is. But it's <laughs> it not. Kind of is. It is. It kind of is. <laughs> but it's also not, but it kind of is. Yeah, I, I, um, I was shocked to see this happen. I, it just, just like... I, I I thought that as soon as they had started filming again, that was like okay, well they've made their choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was a question in between movies, especially with all these delays where they were putting it off and putting it off and putting it off for longer and longer. Where I was like, okay, are they waiting to try and get a decision in about Johnny Depp before they start <laughs> filming again? Right. That turned out to probably I guess be wrong because they started filming again with him and and he did a day of filming. Um. Hey, maybe he 
piss someone off. Maybe him going to to them and saying, like, oh, I can't film. I have my court case that I initiated. Mm. Um, maybe that just pissed off the wrong guy. And he was like, okay, but if you fucking lose, then, yeah. then you're out. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how that... Uh how that decision um shook out i i'm i'm surprised still that it that it even happened i'm like i'm not impressed right like i'm certainly not like uh, this isn't a good good on wb situation by any means An but epic i am win for justice <laughs> right exactly yeah, thank you wb like, it's it's not i like i'm i'm more impressed with the fact that it's like oh uh, they made a decision that makes things mildly more difficult for them themselves. Yeah, which I'm, imp- I'm impressed by how cursed this franchise is. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 where my that, that that's what I'm impressed with. I'm not impressed with them for finally firing him or whatever. I'm fucking like I said, Ezra Miller is still filming, so they they don't they don't care really. Um, I mean, J.K. Like, Rowling's still writing the damn. J.K. Rowling's still involved. Yeah, fuck. Like, so oh. Interesting news about that, by the mm. way, is that uh, uh, I guess J.K. Rowling uh, did not really push back against the Johnny Depp firing stuff. Yeah, supposedly not. Which is very interesting because she was the one who was really going to bat for him the first time around for the first movie yeah, or the she, second movie. She wrote that absurd blog post on her uh, her website that isn't right. Pottermore that was like, I mean, it's it is frankly embarrassing like it is an oh, yeah. embarrassing post um the the only thing that i my biggest takeaway or the thing that i remember the most is that um he showed her some secret evidence that like yeah. swayed her to be like oh he's good actually yeah um uh-huh. we can take some guesses as to what that might have been but at the end of the day oops like whoopsie daisy turns out not the case or or you know at least in the in, in the court not the case um but yeah, she didn't push back, and I wonder how much of that is her, um, you know, maybe, I don't know if her mind has been changed by this, I'm assuming not, um, or, th- this is the other part that I find very interesting about this whole, whole, uh, debacle, mm. is, is this WB seizing an opportunity to finally rein her in? Mm. Um, because she has had such huge creative control she's written all the movies um and they and they like sort of push back on her a little bit with that and 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 you know after the movie tanked they got her a co-writer right um but her she is now cost them johnny depp's entire salary for this movie right Mm -hmm. and and a shitload of bad pr and continues to also cost them bad pr just by like existing and and saying her bullshit um Again, this isn't honorable on WB's part, but but they are they are now clearly more keenly aware of their bottom line and how it relates to J.K. Rowling than they have been previously. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do wonder if if there's just an element of just like okay, you've been like you you have caused so many problems for our income now that we get to call the shots and. Um, yeah, I, I mean the the other side of that from her perspective is that I am wondering if if she is sensing that she could be on thin ice, right? Like can't yes. can't push this anymore. Um, I, I'm thinking specifically of some of like the like big big name um, 
uh, like magazines and things publishing articles that are just like a laundry list of like hey why are they still making these movies yeah yeah i mean i can i posted that uh, that like collection of screenshots right of just like the increasingly exasperated articles about this franchise well like we there right. are in the past couple of weeks there have been multiple like just cancel it already articles mm-hmm. who is excited for this thing yeah yep time excuse me <laughs> yeah not yeah I th- well i think also the time i think the time i'm sure also in the times time <laughs> yeah. etc um and, and so i i'm just i'm wondering if she is is uh maybe reading the writing on the wall and realizing that she just doesn't isn't gonna have the same clout and they will i mean she's kind of in trouble i think yeah yeah i'm, I'm like you know, for for no real good reason. I mean, I, I've noticed also that she has been re- she's returned to Twitter, but just to do like cutesy like uh, uh, um, fan posting again. Yeah, it's like marketing. It's like it feels. Remember when um, the Niantic Harry Potter game came out and we were like, it is so weird that she doesn't come back to do like required marketing posts. Yeah. Yeah. She came back to promote a logo change for cursed child uh, on the day that that gave like, that felt like a very pointed fuck you. Yeah. The posts that she's making now feel like the required marketing posts that I would have expected then. Yeah, there's like, oh, delighted to say that the wonderful Stephen Fry has read the audiobook of Hashtag the Ichabog, which is available tomorrow. Uh, Quote tweeting a video of like kids who uh, got their illustrations in the Ichabog book saying, oh, we couldn't have done it without you. You're all amazing. Oh, this one's my favorite. This fucking um, uh, photo of (laughs) balloons that her husband got her (laughs) with... Neil just came. Neil just came, emerged from the garage with these. Now having a COVID compliant, compliant launch party, i.e., new mug of tea. Uh, the balloons. There's like six of them, and there's like shitty star balloons, <laughs> a couple of round ones, and then the central balloon is a custom job, and it says, "Congrats, Joe! Wonderful Ichabog." <laughs> Ichabog. <laughs> this this is my very favorite of her like this is the perfect jk rowling tweet that isn't her, her like heinous tweeting which yeah. is this like extremely stilted bizarre like my husband emerged from the garage congrats joe wonderful ichabog like congrats joe wonderful ichabog <laughs> it's so funny i yeah, there. She's really bad at being relatable. Mm-hmm. Is the thing. Uh, Me too. She, That's why I don't post. I get it. No, sure. Yeah. Hey, it takes all kinds, but like specifically with her, she only turns it on when she's in trouble. Yes. Right. Is like is like. <laughs> She she will she will post the most. She 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 used to have two modes. It was posting either the most heinous shit. Yes. Or it was like. <laughs> this really sneering, like upper crust, like like I mean, all all of her all of her politics tweets, right? Mm-hmm. She just has this incredibly smug, 
uh, 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 condescending tone. And then she, when she drops that, when she's in trouble and she just tries to be like nice, relatable author you can talk to on Twitter, it's 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 bizarre. It's like it, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different character. Are you surprised that she didn't post it all about the election? That is still so shocking to me. <laughs> How many easy layups she has just completely let go by? Right, like I, I mean, like she, she basically made a second career out of posting about Trump. Yeah, for the first couple of years. Yeah, 20- 2016-2017, like, like before the 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 cracks really started to show uh, about her, um, you know, her transphobia. Like she was constantly like she was quite there was like a every week there was a new article and i would just ignore them half the time when i was collecting stuff for news in 2018 that were just like jk rowling does epic dunk on the president and it's like it's a quote tweet where he says uh something true and then she would quote tweet and say like actually sir i think you will find that it thing is not true right she get a million retweets yeah yeah i i sort of wanted her to go back to doing that for a little while yeah but, but not because i wanted to see them it was because i wanted to see if bustle would go back to posting yeah the like little mini articles they would post like would those new those outlets like go back and just start posting her epic dunks like some of them were on the front page of cnn i remember going on to cnn and then on the like stupid little sidebar it would be like jk rowling mic drops donald trump yeah right exactly it's like i um i i i don't i i i i'm shocked that she hasn't come back to you that that just seems like especially with how the election gave everyone online brain worms. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like if people, if people are happy to retweet the Lincoln project, <sighs> they would have been happy to retweet JK Rowling. Sure. Right. Like, like we, we would have, we would have absolutely. It's a have big gotten people. Yeah, exactly. We would have absolutely gotten some fights over like, I, now I know that we don't like JK Rowling on some issues, but she is totally right about this. Mm-hmm. And and this is she's posting like her picture of herself sipping some tea while Trump says stop the count or whatever. Right. Like I'm I'm shocked that she didn't jump on that stuff. Mm-hmm. That was that was her bread and butter for years. I know. Um, it feels like a different just, era. Yeah, it's really it's really weird to think back on it now. But but yeah, the, the election just going by without any comment from her. Uh, very, very surprising I, I, to me. I think the the post that I was expecting was a congratulations, Joe Biden, you've restored yeah. the dignity of blah 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 blah. You know? Yeah, that seems like a um a real obvious gimme, right? Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, um, the the uh, like that that's a that's a post that you can make and anyone who who yells at her will look like an asshole you know that just seems like a really easy uh, that that's a that's a that's a post with a mountain bailey right like <laughs> she can make that post uh, uh and 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 feel safe and secure get a billion a lot you know a lot of attention billion retweets and like it's not commenting on anything that'll have people yelling at wb her. won't get mad like it's all good <laughs> it, it really just sort of makes me think that there's they like told her no politics which is hilarious that's also a possibility yeah Hmm. I wonder what her like. Let me, because I I have her Twitter open right now. I wonder if her likes are still in hell. 
or whether she's uh uh okay no so like so yeah she has not liked anything since uh her last spate of like in september when she was being yelled at for the corman strike stuff Mm -hmm. so she's liked there are a lot of stuff in her likes sure from that but there is only one recent like and that is the from the ichabog official account yeah so either she is playing it safe or someone is telling her maybe to. she know maybe she just like cut herself off like she knows that she just like can't help herself and is like i can't i but i she don't, loves getting yelled at i don't have impulse control i can't like i i i still it is surreal to me thinking back on the drunk bitcoin tweets Oh is, my god! That is a surreal happening in my head. I feel like I dreamed it. <laughs> oh fuck! And that w- I mean, that was in the middle of all the other shit happening right. too. It was yeah. like I'm gonna post my bullshit and then I'm going to uh, rile up some Bitcoin boys. Yeah. God, yeah, she loves getting fucking yelled at. That's her. <laughs> that's her like favorite thing to do is have a couple glasses online, get a little turfy, and then just get screamed at. <laughs> She absolutely adores it. She loves that. Like, like I mean, you know, she likes attention. Who, you know, whom among us? But like, she, she clearly <laughs> craves the negative attention because it makes her feel like fucking Jesus Christ. Oh, it's wow. Yeah. So J.K. Rowling. A lot of people online have made a career out of getting up on the cross. <laughs> J.K. Rowling absolutely the queen of that behavior yeah. like like clearly just loves being talked about loves getting yelled at uh uh, <laughs> uh you know and and what what better what better manifestation of that than uh becoming just an actual piece of shit hate criminal like <laughs> <laughs> great great job joe congrats joe wonderful transphobia <laughs> <sighs> jesus christ um so Jude Law today commented on Johnny Depp getting fired. Until you said the name Jude Law, I had I completely forgot that he's in these movies. Like, he's also up, he wears just forgot. He wears a funny hat and uh he kind of stands around in his office and talks occasionally in these movies. He's not really in the movies very much. Not really, no. Um it's an enormous film and there are many, many layers it's to enormous, it. It's enormous, huh? It's Again? enormous. An- Another this film is big, so big. This film is so big. In fact, it's almost like we're trying to fit three films into one because we don't want to make five <laughs> of them. <laughs> there are many, many layers to it. It's mm. probably one of the biggest productions I've ever worked on, he told Entertainment Tonight's Rachel Smith. And in a situation like this, you defer to the studio. That's all you can do because you have to turn up and play your part. It was unusual for me because, in fact, on this particular role, Law continued, Johnny had only actually done a day's filming, I think, on his own. I This is very funny. I'm just still fixated on it being so big. It's so big. Yeah, that it's such a big why movie. Do, why do the actors keep saying that? Like, multiple different actors have said it's huge, and I don't know what that means. Yeah, I, I, so... Um, Eddie Redmayne has said this. Jude Law has said this. Uh, 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 Dan Fogler. Fogler, yes, thank you. Uh-huh. Uh, Dan Fogler has also multiple times has said 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 it. it's so um, big. He's the one who who really goes ham on on it being big. Um, I 
I don't understand if this is like, is this a is this a company line PR? Like, if you are asked anything about the movie, here are your here are your Cliff's notes. It's big, it's huge, <laughs> it's exciting. Here's a question: mm. When I say this is a big movie, what movies that exist do you think of? Marvel, really? <laughs> well. I guess I guess it's a little different because when when I'm just picturing us talking about like oh that that's a big movie yeah I I think Marvel because those are like the big event movies oh sure yeah but but when it's actors saying it I'm thinking like production scale is big uh-huh. like oh the sets are so lavish and and we're traveling all over the world and uh there's there's so many set pieces right but like. Can that? I mean, like they're filming it during COVID, so it kind of can't be that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I have four movies that pop into my head when I think big movie. Big this movies. Is, this okay. is purely like, like, I, I don't know. This is like association. Um, this is like dream logic, right? A- mm-hmm. Avatar. Yes. No, I could see that. That it was a big. I mean, that was a big movie that was like. Wow, technology has has shifted to the point where we can make these blue guys, right? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Yes. Yep. This is going to be a weird one. Battlefield Earth. From I so that fits into more what I was thinking of the actors, right? Yep. Like like that's a big a big movie that uh, ambitious. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots and uh, lots of extras, lots of sets, lots of CG. Yeah. Okay. okay for yeah. Fourth one in Fair. the stream of consciousness. Synecdoche, New York. <laughs> <laughs> these these are the four movies that immediately pop into my head. They're just like like little fragments. Uh, okay, you're gonna have to walk around. me through Synecdoche, New York, as the big. It's movie. a big movie. In what sense? I don't know. Big concept. <laughs> big. It's big. It's a big movie. <laughs> what do you want from me? I told you it's a dream logic. I okay. I'm like damn. Yeah. I'm like damn. That guy. Much that like guy s- made a big movie in that movie, huh? Oh, he did. It, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a movie. It is a, certainly about making a big movie. It's about making a big movie. <sighs> I'm not saying it's a good. That's the thing. That is the thing is when someone says yeah. big movie, it relates not at all to quality to me, right? Like that is a that is yeah. a four film like stream of consciousness that has, says nothing <laughs> about how good those movies are. <laughs> I you are big movie pilling me here. I right. <laughs> I yeah. Synecdoche, New York, like it was. It's big. <laughs> New <laughs> York is big. It. He makes a big movie in that he movie. He makes a big movie in the movie. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie in a very long it's, time. It's big. It's big. I'll take your word for it. It's big. The main parts I remember about that movie is that great speech he gives uh, to to the crew uh-huh. at some point. There's the part where he, there's a very like just funny sight gag of him like dropping a giant Christmas present. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. It's very, it's very good. I, I, I like that is. I think that this is the perfect movie for me to talk about big movies because I watched it, and and this is not to insult anyone who loves it or thinks it's like really cool or anything like that. But I got to the end and I was like, huh, that's a big movie, and I didn't. I wasn't like. <laughs> wow that was really good i was just like okay i i see what you were doing there big that was big a big movie. movie 
It was certainly not. I'm just looking this up. It was certainly not a big budget movie. No, because I don't think those are the same. Although I did right. list a lot of big budget movies. I don't like again. Big t- doesn't necessarily mean quality budget. It's right. just like right. It's very amorphous. My main thought, thinking back on on Synecdoche, New York, is damn, I really miss Philip Seymour Hoffman. What a great actor! Right, he was. yeah. I miss that guy. He was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have not seen. I remember watching Synecdoche, New York, once and fucking hating it, and then I remember <laughs> watching it again and liking it a lot more. Mm. But it's been about ten years since I did the second watch, and I would, I, I. I maybe need to watch that one again and, and, and go, hmm, is this – I need to watch it for the, for, through a new lens. Is this a big <laughs> this movie? Is a big movie? You, you can have it through the lens of getting to the end and going, huh, big movie. Big movie. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's my list of four. Soon to be okay. five, Untitled Fantastic Beast 3, the, the fifth yeah, big movie. I'm certain – I think all – the first three of those, absolutely, 100% I agree with. Just in, like, different the, – the, the different forms of big. Okay. Like big, big budget, big scale, big sea change for filmmaking. Yeah, Synecdoche, New York is big, big. <laughs> It's big, big. It is a movie about a man who makes a big movie. <laughs> um, so there, you know, I think like half the people listening, like, what are you talking about? There is at least three people out there listening that are like, wow, I know exactly what you're talking about. So thank you to those yeah, three people. He, it is. A, I mean, it's a movie. He, it's so big. He makes a whole New York under New York. Right. I know. He makes a big movie. <laughs> he makes a big movie in that movie. <laughs> He makes a really big movie in that movie. I think, hmm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be chewing on this I one know, for a bit. I know, but I think it's a very interesting thought. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's a big movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. But yeah, in terms of what that means for Fantastic Beasts, I have no idea because it's like I, I don't know. Look, looking at the the four bigs there, yeah. Um, I don't know which big they really want me, the audience, <laughs> being sold this movie to be excited about. I, I have to assume they're hoping uh, for your very initial thought before I uh, took us on a detour to Insanity Town, <laughs> which is that they want you to think it's Marvel big, like it's a like it's a big event. Please movie, go see right? this movie. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a big one. You're not gonna want to miss it. Right? Huh. Yeah, because it's. It, I mean, it's it it's set in Brazil, but like they're shooting it entirely on a soundstage now, <laughs> so it's gonna look like dog shit for like that. <laughs> that is, there are so many movies being shot right now, uh-huh. and it, this there's. I think there's going to be a very interesting curve for like the movies that come out of being filmed during COVID uh-huh. and how they look. I think that for like mid and small budget movies that are being filmed on a set where they could actually like build a proper set that fits the film. Mm-hmm. It's going to look fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's like, wow, what an incredible return to uh, uh, being shot on a soundstage and having nice sets built. Mm-hmm. For movies that are big, like Fantastic Beasts, <laughs> mm-hmm. where they are shooting on a soundstage, but the uh, the movie takes place, it's like globetrotting, it's like, you know, there's a big epic CGI battle with some NVIDIA tech demo shit happening at some point. It's going to make those movies look so fucking bad, and I can't wait for a, a, a whole slew of new blockbuster films coming out that look like Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
I, I, I mentioned this, but like Ezra Miller is shooting pickup shots for Justice League. Sure. Uh, after a long fight from hashtag release of Snyder Cut fans following the disappointment <laughs> with 2017's Justice League, Zack Snyder is now getting the chance uh, to realize his entire vision for the DC team-up film through a four-episode series coming to HBO Max next year. The filmmaker is currently doing official, additional photography in Los Angeles, but in regards to Ezra Miller's Flash, the director got creative over Zoom while the actor also works on Fantastic Beasts. Oh, that'll turn out really good. So that's all going to be green screen pickup shots of Ezra Miller while they uh, get directed over Zoom by Zack Snyder. Uh, that's going to look so good. It's, it's a good thing Zack Snyder is such a such a genius. Uh, he's the only one that could make that work. <laughs> God, um... Yeah, so so yeah, a lot of movies are going to be um uh uh looking looking fresh. Yeah. Lots of lots of good as we all know, green screen has just gotten better and better over the years. I love good graphics in my movies. <laughs> I love some tech demos. Uh-huh. Um uh but yeah, the the movies the movies are going to look bad. They should have just done um, Ezra Miller's scenes um, for the Snyder Cut, um, like the Blacklist animations. Oh, yes. I love that. That was great. That was, Yeah, that looked fantastic. My favorite part of the Blacklist thing was how they clearly did not send good microphones to everyone. <laughs> uh-huh. And so, like, half of them sound normal. And then, like... Uh, James Spader just sounded like he was recording on a on a microphone and on it like in his k- like kitchen or something. Like it was it was very funny. They should have deployed some podcasters to uh, uh to That's the right. actors. Yeah, we could have we could have said, hey, you need to you, okay, you need a little bit of foam. Uh, you need to get yourself a, a pop cover. You definitely don't record in your kitchen. Uh, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll echo like crazy. Mm-hmm. We could we could have saved that. I think. Yeah. So, this whole uh, event has gotten people speculating on who is going to be the new Grindelwald. Uh We have, perhaps, our answer. We'll talk a little bit more about this, I think, in our third segment. Mm -hmm. um, About how how they're going to handle this exactly and who else could be uh, in the role. But it seems like, right now... According to rumors that are being picked up by some fairly reputable um, uh, film sites and, and newspapers and whatnot, is that uh, Mads Mikkelsen is lined up to replace Johnny Depp. This is a surprise to me. Yeah. Um. One. Just removing everything else. Quality of movie. This is a stupid. Like uh, this is my. This is the. I don't know if it's the devil or the angel on my shoulder that's like, please have it be Mads Mikkelsen, because I'm going to have to see this fucking movie. Please at least... <laughs> Might as well enjoy have it. it. Have Mads Mikkelsen in it. Mm-hmm. Two, I am sort of surprised, I guess. The, yeah. These movies feel a little bit cursed, and I sort of want to text him and be like, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> We need, please, if anyone has Mads Mikkelsen's phone number, please let him know. He, yeah, hey. he might not know. 
and he might step away from the curse. There's a curse There's here. There's a curse been... here. Get away. You may not have sensed it, but there is a dark energy emanating from this production. Mm-hmm. You don't want anything to do with it, right? I when I heard that Johnny Depp was being recast, I there was a question in my mind, and it was who is going to touch this movie with a ten foot pole? My first thought: Tom Felton. He doesn't know what's going on. He could he could be <laughs> That's or, right. He doesn't know what's going right, on. Right? Exactly. Like someone like that. Um, and I was like, I wonder if they won't be able to get someone good because anyone who has, like, stake in their own careers might not want to uh, yeah. get close to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, I, I don't know. I don't know shit about pop culture, at least, like, mainstream pop culture. So this could just be, like, completely wrong. Maz Mickelson seems like the king of... It's, like, not king of the B-listers, but, like, you know what I'm trying to say? He's not... He's he's a character actor. Yeah, and he's, like, he plays, the king of the yeah. character actors, right? Yeah, he plays himself in pre- basically everything... Uh, he is he is an actor that you get when you when you have a character who is like this is a Mads Mikkelsen type guy. Mm-hmm. I need a Mads Mikkelsen type beat over right. here. Which honestly, Grendel like that sounds great. Like just yeah. objectively, I would love to see him in that role. Um, at- yeah. If 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 all of all other factors were not at play here. Mm-hmm. This would have been like you know, if we if we were in an alternate timeline where J.K. Rowling had never never gone off the rails and the fantastic beast movies were at least fine uh yeah mads mickelson sounds great uh that that's that's a guy i would like to see playing an evil wizard that's kind of what he does in his daily life most of the time anyway right but i'm like man don't do this yeah don't even approach this right like like, like you said there's a dark energy emitting from this and i need to, we need to text him and be like hey do you do you know about the dark energy <laughs> Do you know about the vibes of this the film? The vibes are really bad. You don't want anything, have, to, and not in like the cool, cool way, right? Because he does some bad vibes stuff, and that's cool. But this is not that. No, just the production has been bad vibes. I mean, they did, like, did you see what they're doing? They have, they have uh, uh, Ezra Miller filming <laughs> scenes for another movie on the set. <laughs> Mads, you don't want it. This isn't professional. No, you don't. You don't want. You don't want any of this. Hannibal star Mads Mikkelsen is set to replace Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts. It has been reported according to Deadline. Mikkelsen is in talks to join the cast of the third installment of the J.K. Rowling scripted fantasy series, which has been derailed by the failures of Depp's libel action against the Sun. Depp said he had been asked to resign by Warner Brothers, uh, the producing studio, and had left the project. Mikkelsen is reportedly director David Yates' first choice for the role of Grindelwald, the dark wizard who is the chief antagonist of the second film in the series, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Jesus, every time I see that title typed all the way out, it really hits me what a stupid name for a mainstream movie that a is. A very stupid name and a, frankly, in hindsight, hilarious uh, situation. <laughs> yes. Colin Farrell, who played Grindelwald in the first Fantastic Beasts films, was unable to be seriously considered due to commitments on the new Batman film in which he is playing the Penguin. Okay, but that is also being shot on the same soundstage, I think. So if Ezra Miller is allowed to, like, shoot green screen shit for uh, uh, Avengers or whatever the fuck, uh, you know, down the road, then I think 
let Colin Farrell, uh, uh, you know, walk walk to the other studio and be Grindelwald. I sort of ascended, though. I know that like we did a lot of jokes about um, Johnny Depp transforming back into Colin Farrell, um, but <laughs> now I've seen a lot of people say that and float it seriously, so I'm sort of over it. Um, because, <laughs> because also it sort of doesn't like make sense. Cause that he was like Mm-mm. impersonating a different guy. Right. It would be weird. Cause it's like, Oh, is that Percival Graves? No, I'm actually Grindelwald, but I've decided to change back into Percival Graves because, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a little difficult to imagine how they do that. Mm-hmm. It is very easy to imagine Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald. Yeah. But, uh, but I hey, don't want to mirror it. Here's thing is like i guess we'll get we'll get into it in the third segment i I don't i don't want to i don't want to go into it right now yeah 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 we will we will save it regardless it will be very funny if it does turn out to be him and they give him that awful makeup and the stupid hair we're gonna ruin (laughs) you like you you think oh mads mickelson is an evil is an evil wizard an evil gentleman yeah yeah the prime evil gentleman but he's gonna have that fucking like floppy undercut and he's gonna have the the like Undertale eyes, and he's gonna be like, like he's gonna have like pale makeup on. He's gonna look terrible. I will not. I already won't forgive them, but I extra <laughs> won't forgive them for ruining Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> oh, I was proud of the tweet I did about mm-hmm. this. The tell tell me news. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't know about this one. Like I, like I said, I think my prevailing thought is like, oh no, I hope, I hope that, I hope that he just doesn't know, you know, I hope that the, I hope that the curse, the curse just hasn't, you know, wafted into his, into his mind yet. And he hasn't, he just doesn't realize that this is a bad idea. Cause it's just, this is a bad PR machine. Yes. It's cursed. uh, Maybe Mads is listening. Mads, don't do it. Mads, Mads, if you're listening, please, uh, uh, don't don't do this. Do do anything else. If Mads is listening, um, maybe he's doing it for us because it would it, like, of course, having to see this movie and have, but it's not, it's not I worth will it. I will be the Grindelwald. Yeah, it's not worth no, it. You don't have to do this for us, Mads. <laughs> All right, well, so that's that was that was the like initial huge pile of news yeah. that we had to get yeah. through. There's one last uh, piece here from today's news. <sighs> today is Saturday? To... Today Saturday. Okay. J.K. Rowling turned down writing an episode of Doctor Who because she was too busy. <laughs> uh, the 55-year-old revealed the magical tidbit while speaking to Graham Norton on BBC Radio 2. True or false, Russell T. Davies invited you to write an episode of Doctor Who, asked Norton, to which Rowling replied, that is true. You know what? I was really tempted. I got asked, I get asked to do these very cool things, and I'm always so up to my eyes in my own work, I can never say yes. I was really tempted, but it didn't happen, unfortunately, but there you are. So what era of Doctor what? Who would, would, would that have been? So, Russell T. Davies, uh, showrunner, current showrunner, I think. Oh, so pretty recently. Yeah. Um, let me just double check. I don't know is, wait, when is Stephen Moffat Doctor left. Who? Yes, he is. A, I, I, he is the current 
guy on Doctor Who, I believe. I could be wrong. I'm looking. Uh, Doctor Who. Oh, okay. He's no. Okay, no. He's no longer. He was. Um, he was the executive producer all the way through Matt Smith's arrival. So this would have been a David Tennant era one, hmm, maybe. Interesting. Um, I could be wrong. I'm sure we have a lot of Doctor Who fans who can tell me exactly who Russell T. Davies is in relation to when this would have been. But uh, yes, uh, J.K. Rowling, a uh, J.K. Rowling helmed Doctor Who is like maybe the most cursed British export I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I I dread to think what she could have would have come up with um, for. Uh, for that. I'm imagining her trying to write a screenplay for something that's 40 minutes long. And I and I I don't I, I'm yeah. calling bullshit on her being too busy. I think that she could not do that. <laughs> well, yeah, cuz she can't write it she can't write a screenplay that's two and a half hours long, so she definitely can't write one that's 40 minutes how, long. How is she going to get all the family tree lore in there? <laughs> how is she going to have every single character give a monologue about their motivations? Right. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to get a tight forty minutes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I could absolutely see that not being, uh, or, or you know, not being possible for her. I'm, I'm like so. This also, by the way, happened in a radio interview yesterday. Apparently, why are people um, still having her a, on their show? Well, so that's the thing. Graham Norton, famous music interviewer guy, uh, entertainment interviewer guy. Um, a bunch of people canceled the show when they find out, like, like there were other guests that were going to be on who canceled because they found out J.K. Rowling was also going to be on. Huh. So, so like the the shockwave is still ongoing in terms of like like uh, J.K. Rowling is like a kind of persona non grata. Good. Um, but uh, but she, you know they still uh, Graham Norton still had her on uh, mm. and uh, yeah uh, other. You know, at the expense of a bunch of other guests, apparently. Um, so uh, I guess that, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it at least hasn't been completely forgotten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, right? I think people are um, at least being mad about Stephen Fry doing the Ichabog stuff. Yeah, which is, th there's a flip side to that, which is very funny, because it's like, you do not have to look very far back to find Stephen Fry saying <laughs> tons no, of dumb it, shit. It's, uh, it's sort of... Um, there's a lot of odd surprise to me. People that are like, what? That's so disappointing. And I'm like, where have you been? Is he still married to a 20-year-old? I do not know that lore about him. <laughs> that was that was a while back. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, he, he married some guy who was like 23 or something while he was like 80. <laughs> okay, was, well. There's some, yeah, there is some. He's he's been he's said some stuff. Sure, he's yeah. A, he's a, he's been you know he's got a funny voice, uh, but but uh, you know not not entirely surprising to me that he would uh, side with J.K. Rowling mm -hmm. and still be her best friend, uh, considering they've been friends for a very long time. Right. Although remember that incredible, I their relationship sounds so <laughs> like incredibly. Uh, unbearable. Do you remember <laughs> that thing about how when he was doing the Harry Potter audiobooks, he asked her to stop writing, um, he pocketed it? Mm -hmm. 
because uh, because it was hard to say. And in response, she just like started adding it more and more to each book. (laughs) It's a it's a relationship too British for me to understand. (laughs) That's all I can say. We're we're the British. We we don't have friends. We just have enemies. We hate less. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, uh yeah. Um. Anyway, with that, just with the with the 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 specter of of J.K. Rowling's Doctor Who in your mind, uh, I think it's time for us to read our chapter for the week. What do you say? Yeah. Okay. Um. This is chapter twenty five. It's called Shell Cottage. Um. This is. I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna be neutral. How about that? <laughs> Uh, It's also kind of a filler chapter, so it's not too long. Um, Harry is sort of second-guessing his big RPG choice he made in the last chapter, which, which, if we remember, was the which door are you going to go through, Horcruxes or Deathly Hallows? Um, And and Ron's sort of giving him a hard time about it still and being like, you idiot, why didn't you get the the magic wand that beats everybody else and makes you invincible? Um, But Harry's even more confused by Hermione sort of siding with him and be like, yeah, you made the right choice. And, And like part of the reason she's saying that is that um, she's like, yeah, that that's like sounds like an evil thing to do to break into Dumbledore's grave and take his wand. So, so you probably weren't supposed to do that. Um, Ron is still kind of on the Dumbledore is secretly alive um, theory. Uh, he keeps bringing up like the eye that Harry saw in the mirror um, and saying like, well, maybe he's a ghost. Maybe he's maybe he's not dead. And, but Harry kind of firmly rejects that. He's like, no, um, Dumbledore, if, if he like he died. I saw that he died and he wouldn't be a ghost um, because he was ready to accept being dead. Um, they're basically killing time waiting for Griphook's decision, but it doesn't come too long. And Griphook uh, calls for Harry. He's he's still um, in like a, a room sort of recovering from his, his injuries. Uh, and he has reluctantly decided to help them break into Gringotts. Uh, however... He wants payment, and the payment that he wants is if he helps them, he wants the Sword of Gryffindor. Um, Harry's like, no, we need that to destroy the Horcruxes, um, and Griphook's like, well, I'm not going to help you then. So Harry has a little meeting with Ron and Hermione where they uh, sort of hash out um, the situation because Griphook says that the sword was stolen from goblins. Um, Hermione says... Well, I don't know. It's really hard to kind of kind of figure it out. Wizards and goblins have been fighting for a long time. Maybe it was stolen. Maybe it was, like it's it's hard to it's hard to get get the real the real story here. Um Harry uh concocts a devious plan. He is going to tell Griphook, "Yes, I will give you the sword," but he's going to lie by omission by not saying when he'll give him the sword. And he says, like, he will give him the sword, um, and his plan is to keep it until after he destroys the Horcruxes, and then he'll give it to Griphook. Um, they make their deal. And some time passes. I think it says, like, weeks go by, and they are basically planning a heist entirely off screen. Uh, we get the impression they're looking at blueprints, uh, talking over the various defenses at Gringotts, but we don't really... There's cool music playing. It's like... Dun, yeah, dun, exactly. Dun, dun. Um, but we don't really find out what the specifics are, I, I suppose. Um, 
we, there's a like a brief scene where Harry and Fleur talk, and Harry and Fleur is like, "Wait, you're going somewhere? You need to stay here to be safe at Shell Cottage." And Harry observes that, "Wow, she's just like Molly Weasley." Um, Mm. Uh, there's like a dinner that we see and there's and and we also get like a little bit of a summary about how grip hook is like kind of evil i guess and harry's like as they have continued to work together harry's realizing that he doesn't like grip hook very much because he kind of like is just kind of evil i i guess i don't, I don't really know how to, else to say it um and there's also a little bit of tension between Bill and Griphook at a dinner where Fleur sends back her like wedding tiara to give to Aunt Muriel and I guess it's goblin made and there's like a little bit of back and forth because Griphook doesn't think that that should be theirs and Bill is like well we paid for it blah 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 um there's a knock at the door um that cuts through the tension it is I Remus John Lupin at the door and he's there to announce that Tonks had their baby don't know why he's not there, but that's okay. Um, sorry, neutral. Um, they celebrate with wine. It's very exciting. It's a, a celebratory time. Um, Lupin, you know, obviously, like, all is forgiven between Harry and Lupin. He's over, like, he he has off-screen accepted his role as father. He has embraced it. He is naming Harry godfather of the child. Harry is so honored. He can't believe it. It's just kind of tying that one up with a bow um and then lupin's like all right i should probably go be with my you know new baby or whatever so he leaves um and and they've all had some wine but bill pulls harry aside uh right you know after the night is over and wants to talk to him privately and they still don't know what harry's up to but he's like i know you struck a deal with grip hook you need to be careful and bill sort of gives us the lore that goblins don't think of ownership the same way that wizards do. Goblins think that if they make something, it's theirs. And if they sell it to a wizard, then really they're renting it. And once the wizard that bought it dies, it rightfully belongs to the goblins. Uh, and there's been a lot of tension over the years between wizards and goblins as a result of their kind of differing ideas about property. Um, the other thing he says is a warning, which is, I don't know what kind of deal you made with Griphook, but you better not be thinking about going back on it. It might be more dangerous to go back on a on a deal with a goblin than it is to break into Gringotts. Um, and Harry thinks to himself, wow, I might be as reckless as serious. And that's the end of the chapter. You know what I had in the back of my mind for a bunch of this chapter that made me really wistful for like Harry Potter being good? Mm. I was thinking about Ron as time traveling Dumbledore again. Oh hell yeah! Because That's good shit. Because it's so I I have always been so annoyed. I mean, like w with many many things I, uh, about me about uh, J.K. Rowling that annoy me, mm -hmm. obviously. But her insistence on like smacking down every <laughs> interesting theory everyone has ever had about it has been very yeah. funny. Um. Time traveling Dumbledore, I think if you read this book from that perspective, mm -hmm. I totally get why people thought that. Mm. Um, because the th stuff that Ron does in this book kind of make no sense unless he is. <laughs> uh huh. Like the the his insane story about the Deluminator. 
is just yes. such a weird sounding lie. And like, it's not, a, we know it's not really a lie because it has to not be, but it is the flimsy. I mean, it is super flimsy. It like operates on a logic, like fantasy logic that has never been a part of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this scene here where they're arguing about like, oh, is Dumbledore alive or not? And I know, I know that in reality, what this is, is like, oh, is God dead? Did, 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 did we kill God or is God still alive? Is God, uh-huh. uh, you know, they're having a very, a very, uh, uh theological conversation here, mm-hmm. but like Ron being time traveling Dumbledore makes that conversation so much more fun to yeah, imagine. Yeah, and it it, it, exp- it explains, like, the Dobby shit, right? Like, you know, how did Dobby get there? And again, I know there is a real explanation for that involving Aberforth, but it's just, it is so fun to imagine the twist, time-traveling Ron Dumbledore. I think that, yeah, I mean, it it makes sense. Like, it is a very silly theory, but I don't think it is as much of a, like, crack theory as mm-hmm. people maybe perceive it as. Yeah. And I think that the reason that it is really fun to think about that stuff in the context of especially this book is that it is such a more satisfying and exciting answer to, and it makes all of these like dialogue things that like um, end up being like sort of like clues and double speak, whereas the answer is so much more boring because there's no mystery. It's literally just, oh, it is this other character. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I I've talked about it before, but just the I I sympathize a lot with the fans who like clearly were left adrift when the series had no big twist. Uh no mm-hmm. no big payoff, no big reward for like noticing all of the little details throughout the story, right? Like like this book more or less exists on its own in the Harry Potter canon. Like every every concept that matters to the the ending of the series is introduced in this book. Um and so I get it. And but I I yeah, like the the it's just yeah, it's 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 a more fun twist to imagine. Even if even if, you know, it's 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 really just wishful thinking. It's like, yeah, I I do kind of see how people could have latched onto that and gone like, "Oh. I see what Ron's doing here. Ron mm-hmm. Ron Ron is the secret mastermind all along." And he's gone back in time. Like that is so that accounts for so many weird behaviors in this book and like <laughs> inconsistent things about Ron's character. Um, but no, he is just he is just playing the part of this religious allegory and asking, Oh, I wonder if he is still alive. I wonder if if I wonder if he is if he is still guiding us somehow from above. Right. And again, it's going back into that territory of like the characters being uh, acting out of character in order to carry an allegory yeah. that they don't know that they're part of, right? Like yeah. the characters can't know that they're <laughs> in an allegory. So just the way he's acting here doesn't make any sense. There is a really surreal line in this where Harry says something about um, Dumbledore moved on. Because mm-hmm. he didn't become a ghost, which, by the way, we got some 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 silly like confirmation of ghost lore here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my edition, my digital deluxe edition, even had a little thing I could click to get more ghost lore. 
Ooh. Um, which is Does very it take f- you to Pottermore? No, it ba- or yes, it basically, World? it basically takes you to the like the Pottermore entry on ghosts when I click it. Just in in the book. That's incredible. Very silly. But there's this moment where Harry talks about like, oh, he wouldn't have become a ghost. He uh he would have he would have passed on to the other side or whatever. And Ron goes, moved on? <laughs> Question mark? Which one, again, time traveling Dumbledore flag. In in a better world, I think, but also it it clashes with everything that we have been trying to piece together about how the fuck Christianity factors into the Wizarding world in this book, mm-hmm. because Ron here like he's acting like a, like a like a pagan in the Bible. He's like, ah, what is this? What is this other side? What is moving on that you speak of here? <laughs> uh-huh. And Harry's Harry is able, you know, had, had a real opportunity to launch into his missionary speech there. Mm-hmm. Very bizarre to, to come keep shifting between, oh yes, the wizards are cu- culturally Christian versus the wizards have no idea what heaven is. Yeah. It, it's, it's again, like many things in this book, it feels like she wrote herself into a corner that she didn't have to. Yeah. Because again, like she can't make them all Christian. Right. And they, they can't have Harry give his missionary speech here. <laughs> um, but this book is very obsessed with the idea of of how it's it's right and good to die, but can't have the characters like talk about the afterlife or think about it. Right. Be- because they can't. Yeah, it is. It's it's trapped in a like uh, uh, position that it wrote itself into, which is very funny because I mean there are a lot of ways that like religious allegories can like fall into like you know writing traps or logic traps or whatever, but usually it's something external or 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 something about the you know the nature of the world or the author or something that compromises it. Versus here, where it's just like the the allegory itself keeps on not being an allegory uh, when it forgets that it needs to be one. And then it comes back whenever the characters, I guess, decide that it's time to go. It, it's just really, really sloppy. Mm-hmm. And and also, um, it can't answer that question. And Ron says, like, what do you mean moving on? And it literally interrupts itself because it can't go there and it right. floor shows up and says like harry grip hook wants to talk to you right, right so he can't he can't do his youth pastor routine here <laughs> he would have told ron all about heaven if he had had the chance but unfortunately i honestly if this wants to be an allegory so bad i wish it just would yeah like, have have harry just refer back to book one and say he would move on to the next great adventure <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think that there's a lot of like sort of like figurative stuff they could say that isn't the Christian heaven. But yeah, it, it refuses to do it. It's like it it, do, it won't commit to what it wants to be. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff here. There's there's this weird line about like Hermione now being forced to accept that the Elder Wand is real. Like because because Ollivander because of Ollivander, I guess. Yeah, because it wasn't related to the story. It, it seems it seems crazy. Like it, she has to be so deliberately obtuse outside of her character to, to play the atheist character. She has to behave like a moron. I mean, like 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 I mean, which is you know that is how a lot <laughs> of atheist characters in Christian fiction behave. 
but yeah, like but why is this the god's not dead film i don't exactly. understand That's why it thing. became this how how did this story become so much dumber as it went on like i don't know how else like that it's mean but it just it felt like a smarter story earlier on in the series and the more mature it's gotten the more like a like shitty propaganda film it feels well, right because because like in 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 a boring you know god's not dead style you know christian film or whatever yeah, there's always going to be the atheist character who is like a, a mean, stupid jerk, right? But the thing is, is that Hermione can't play that role. The mm-hmm. only reason she plays that role in this is because someone has to. But like, her whole thing, this entire series has been Hermione is very smart. And I'm sorry, I can't buy the idea that Hermione does not know a piece of trivia that or Ollivander does you know right like hermione not knowing that the elder wand is mentioned in a lot of old books is so antithetical to who her character is also some of the stuff like about wand lore which makes me laugh even saying because it's so (laughs) absurd um it feels like she is so ignorant of things that it's like it's reversed like i feel like ron should be because he would take magic for granted whereas hermione entering the wizarding world would want to learn how wands work <laughs> right like ron might never care right yeah. he he like it's just all for granted but but the hermione wouldn't know about that stuff or have have investigated it or had heard the legend of the really powerful wand that just seems like it should be her thing right it would be like like for her it's like if she got a job at apple and has no interest in engineering right right it's like oh my, the phones i don't care I, I don't care about the elder phone it's like well yeah. you, you work at the phone play like what are you talking about yeah it, <laughs> it's 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 bizarre to imagine her as as this like very book smart uh muggleborn kid to enter this world and not immediately devour every piece of information about wand lore that she could and the answer is is that wand lore was only invented for this book and jk rowling never thought about it until now and that's why we're in this absolute mess yeah and, and all, i think another problem is that her like character smarts have been reversed I know we've talked yes. about this a million times, oh, but yeah. the idea that she was always book smart, by the book, learns the facts, maybe isn't, doesn't think beyond that, right? Mm-hmm. She's, she's, um, just can tell you the facts, but can't really interpret them very well, right. I guess is a good way to put it. Yeah. So it is weird in this case that she is, is playing the, like, not very smart or well-informed but the role she also plays in this conversation is being the one that just knows it is wrong to break into Dumbledore's grave (laughs) that is that is not what she that should be Ron right like he should be the one who's a very like emotional like no that's messed up to do yeah like no you can't do that that's like taboo you can't you can't go but Hermione be like no of course we do we need the thing right yeah yeah. I don't know. It's just it, and I and I really, I, I more and more that I read this, I think that it is like a gender role thing. I think totally. that Hermione needs to be the like, I, I, I don't know, like uh, emotionally sensitive person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, and that has never been her character, right? 
Yeah, that's no, fun. It, they're they're literally reverse. I I had a similar thought when I when I when I read the thing about her objecting to opening the tomb, because mm-hmm. to me that reads as like very much you know because because obviously religion can't be a part of it explicitly in the text, right? Because right, she yeah. is not she is not religious. Um, and she's also playing the part of the atheist in this role in the, mm-hmm. in the story. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, that that's so clearly read as like a, a girl going "you gross" at something, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like that. That that felt so much just like a like a just instinctual like oh yeah no the gir- girl would not want to do gross thing girl want to mm-hmm. do clean thing right yeah there's a dead body in there yeah you grody yeah like that that just so clearly stuck out to me as like just a just a almost like in instinctual reflexive like yeah no the girl would be upset about this right like also it's really robbing ron of having that i mean like i'm not saying it's like a great moment to object (laughs) to that for on moral grounds like in the story it's like I, i don't know it's whatever um but Ron is the one who had his youth pastor talk with Harry earlier right. and ha- and had this revelation where he realized that what Dumbledore left him was what was going to guide him back to his friends and all of mm-hmm. this stuff. So so if anyone should have this like no Dumbledore wouldn't have wanted you to do this for moral or spiritual reasons mm-hmm. that should be Ron here. Yeah. Also Ron wouldn't want them to open the tomb because he is time traveling Dumbledore. He's time traveling Dumbledore, and he doesn't want them to find out that the tomb's empty. Exactly. Mm-hmm. See, it all, it, it all. I can see it. I can see why it all fell into place for people. Honestly, um, J.K. Rowling should have written that episode of Doctor Who because, in a <laughs> in a similar way, um, like I think Doctor Who has this uh, similar problem to Harry Potter, where it sets you up to feel like there's just going to be this huge, big, uh, exciting answer to everything <laughs> mm-hmm. where stuff falls into place and it never happens. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. not trying to dunk on Doctor Who. I'm sure yeah. it's moment to moment fun, but <laughs> uh, it kind of suffers, I think, from the same sort Every of issues. Every time I've tried to get into Doctor Who, I've gotten to the moment that's supposed to be that. And it's mm-hmm. like it's like the doctor gives a speech that I know is supposed to be important because the music is insanely loud. <laughs> but and it you're never, like, huh? yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, I, I guess I guess he gave the big speech, and that 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 was the end. I think this is also like Stephen Moffat <laughs> a problem. Yes. Oh yeah, Sherlock like, had this. Sherlock time. has the same issue. I wonder if Dracula. May- oh god, maybe we need to watch Dracula soon. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean, it is Dracula. You know, on mm-hmm. the downside, Stephen Moffat. On the other hand, it is Dracula. So, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I, but I love hate Sherlock. So I'm sure I can love hate Dracula too. <laughs> um, but yeah, this 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 whole sequence is a just 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 as as all of the allegorical discussions and like discussions about the Elder One and stuff have been. They just it just further drives a wedge between the characters and like my understanding of the characters and how they're supposed to function in this allegory. And it's so disappointing to see characters that like, I think, you know, I, 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 I almost look back with nostalgia at order of the Phoenix at this point, <laughs> even though they turned Hermione into the Joker. Um, yeah. I would take that over this. Yeah, the Joker would break into a grave. The Joker would break into a thing. Yeah, Hermione would break into her tomb. Uh, like like there is no 
doubt in my mind if Hermione had her sights set on something and it involved breaking into a grave, she would do it. Like, yeah, I'm just saying, and I hate to skip ahead, but Hermione being the one that's like, no, we can't break into a grave, that's wrong, and her being like, kind of like, frankly, like, sort of dumb now and being <laughs> woman and then having that be in the same chapter that Fleur is Molly Weasley now yeah. I guess that's just like what fucking happens to women yep. they all have to be the same character it just yep. JK Rowling JK Rowling speaking of JK Rowling uh, with, that, with that tone of voice it's time to get to the goblin shit I don't even know where to begin it is real, real bad. You mentioned something in your summary that I had to go back and double check. Okay. And I think it actually doesn't happen because it's 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 the part that's been driving me crazy about this chapter. Okay. This whole plan, uh-huh, trick grip hook, uh-huh, happens hinging on this idea that they like Oh, we we have to we're gonna have to like be duplicitous about this. Sure. I don't think Harry or Ron or Hermione ever say what they need the sword for. They Oh, to Grip Hook? To Grip Hook. No, they don't. They do not tell him. Right, like 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 Grip Hook says, I will help you on one condition, I want the sword. And they say, Well, we can't do that. But they never bargain with him. They never say, hey. Uh, that's fine, but we need it until we destroy these things. And I realized that, you know, like, Harry, uh, uh, has been told not to tell anyone about his Horcrux plan, right? By Dumbledore. Yeah, but doesn't Griphook already kind of know? Griphook already kind of knows from the sound of it. And he's at least he he is aware because in the last chapter, he talked about how he knows they're up to something because he 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 lied for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what is very like extra frustrating about this is uh, that one, they don't you know, they they could still she could still write it to be that, that, oh, uh, they tell Griphook why they need it. And he says still says no or whatever and plays hardball. But there is a real nastiness to this that I think um, plays really poorly along with this newfound sense of, like, clarity that Harry is supposed to have. Mm -hmm. And he still has it in this chapter. Mm -hmm. He's still acting very messianic in this this chapter. Um, But he has arrived at, oh, the best thing to do here is to uh, pull a fast one on the guy helping us. Mm-hmm. And I really resent that because I feel like if the idea is that Harry is now clear-headed and, and understands the nature of sacrifice through Dobby and understands <laughs> the nature of responsibility through Dumbledore, right? That it would be much more christ-like of him for a religious allegory to try and work with grip hook or to sacrifice a piece of his own knowledge to explain right like he has been so bullish on this like oh dumbledore told me i couldn't tell anyone about the horcruxes thing i feel like putting your trust in someone else is a lot more uh uh, of a like clear-headed guy gamble 
than just being like, oh, we're going to do like a mafia guy word trick on him. <laughs> I'm going to be a fucking I'm going to be a genie from a story uh, uh, about <laughs> about choosing your wishes carefully. Like, uh, where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, he could also talk around it, right? Because Griphook knows that they need something from the vault to defeat Voldemort. He might yeah. not know what it is. He can probably assume it's like a dark artifact, right? But it is not it is not giving away the game to say, Griphook, we need the sword to defeat Voldemort. And the fact that Griphook was convinced to work with them and then like basically do the one thing that he doesn't <laughs> want to do the most because his interest is in defeating Voldemort more than anything else. Yeah. That could be a bargaining chip. Right. Yeah. And and I guess that's the problem is that if Harry did talk around it and did talk like that, Griphook would just seem a little like it would be like, well, why are you helping me break into Gringotts if you won't let me use the sword for a month? Right. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense for Griphook not to. Yeah. How much? How much longer would he even need to use the sword? There's like two more Horcruxes. I don't know. Right? There's a line where it's like it could be months, and I'm like. Yeah. Or, no, maybe it's years. I think Hermione says it could be years. And I'm like, <laughs> I know it's not. I know how much is left in this book. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is very annoying to me that like we're we're supposed this is supposed to be new Harry. Here's why I think this is here. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you my theory. Yeah. I think it's really clumsy if this is true. I think it's foreshadowing that Harry has a horcrux in him. And the only reason I say that is because um other than the thing he says about being like um, like kind of like serious. There's also that mm-hmm. line um, where when he's talking to Bill, I think, and he thinks about his plan and he feels a snake twisting inside of him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the Horcrux. I think this is supposed to be his worst impulses and like his Slytherin side that is physically manifested in the um, in the fragment of Voldemort that he has in him hmm. and will be purged at the end of the story. Okay. I, I, that okay. Is, I did not notice my, that. That, that is, is my theory. I could see that. I, I think that if that's where they're going with it, this is a weird place to put it. I um, think that it, again, like a lot of things in this story, I think that it sacrifices um, the story making sense to make <laughs> a point, right? Because yeah. the, the like... Uh, it's almost not quite like an Occam's razor thing, but like close, like this, it, it feels like Harry's genie deal is presented like it's the easiest path. Like he's choosing the easy evil thing, mm-hmm. but it's actually the most complicated, stupid thing. Right? It's a very complicated, stupid thing. And also grip hook is going to betray them anyway. Isn't if that I, convenient? Yeah. So. And again, that just like erases any consequence that Harry could could have, right. right? Like, like if there was consequences, and if Harry had to be like, "Wow, that was a really shitty thing of me to do," I, I'd almost be more willing to excuse it. But it can't have like uh, for whatever reason, J.K. Rowling cannot have Harry be the bad guy. Like <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't have the guts to do it. Right. And so it is all undermined this whole time. I mean, because Griphook is described as evil here. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, Harry's going to betray Griphook, but Griphook is going to betray him. Oh, also, he thinks it's, like, funny when people get hurt. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Griphook in general is embodying some uh, 
some ideas here you he know embodying some ideas some em- some bad ideas embodying some stereotypes about a, a group of people mm-hmm. <sighs> this this was a real eye-opener for me mm-hmm. the stuff that grip hook imparts about like goblin culture and like bill talks about goblins here is so crazy because <laughs> i i don't think there is a like you know there are I, there is a lot of fantasy i've read a lot of stories i've read that like stumbles into a lot of like classic anti-semitic caricature work right yeah, yeah. i don't think i have ever read anything that manages to like trip so many of the alarms in such a short this, space this is hitting every branch on the way down and and some of them are really really obscure branches too yeah we have like so so between the uh the little speech bill gives to harry and the things that griphook himself tells harry we hit dual loyalties uh-huh. We hit obsession with wealth, and that you know that's obviously been been throughout the whole series that has involved goblins. Um, but we have uh, sort of here an obsession with wealth that is like separate from the other thing that they also do, which is control the financial system. Yeah. But the one that is the most insane to me is the thing about the nature of property. Mm-hmm. Not only the obvious goblin stuff, the 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 wealth obsession, the the financial system control, the loyalty to 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 two different nations or whatever, mm-hmm. but the fact that she also managed to throw in, yeah, and they're all Bolsheviks, and that's yeah. bad too. Is like, how did she do it? How did she hit every single? One? Oh, and you mentioned this as well, but there's like a there's just a little. Just, you know, not entirely, but just a little a little dash of blood libel in there. Yeah. Yeah, he grip he he loves it when people get hurt and he wants to he wants to eat blood. Ah. Yeah, he eats only raw meat that Fleur has to prepare for him and doesn't want to. And it is weird. Like it is hard. I don't so I have two thoughts in my head, and it's one, I don't think it's deliberate, and two, no. how do you hit so many branches that are on so many different trees? No, that is that that is the thing is that I I read this and I think it is fairly clear that uh, uh, J.K. Rowling is not doing it on purpose. It's just that she is very stupid. Um, <laughs> like it, it, it's wrapping together so many different specific like boogeyman stereotypes. But the thing is, is that I can totally see how she got there because even though these are all very specifically um uh when represented this way like like anti-semitic tropes they are also in jk rowling's world and and her her like her the the wizarding world and and like the worldview that she brings to her writing these are just things that are the enemies of normal right yes oh they have a different concept of labor oh i don't like the bank like these are just all things that jk rowling as just like neoliberal woman with a lot of money would think are like, oh, these are, you know, these are a- enemies to the status quo, right? Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that they are also all, all things that manifested from people trying to make Jews seem like the enemy to the status quo, right? It's just like, right. like throughout history, 
going all the way fucking back to the Middle Ages and beyond. These are all problems that have been pinned on Jews because, well, somebody has to be the threat to the things I consider good and normal. And so it is just shockingly impressive that she managed to just bundle every single classic shitty anti-Semitic trope into one character. It's earnestly like it's it's funny thinking about how how whenever this comes up and this this goes back to our whole old thing about how oh no one has read this book <laughs> because everyone always talks about like well yeah the goblins in the banks thing it's not great but like goblins are just funny little guys who like coins and a lot of fantasy so it's just you know it's just a thing that has been you know removed so many times from the original context that it's it's easy to stumble into and like that's true if we are just talking about the first book's goblins yeah but getting getting here and just just walking smack into all these other oh also the thing bill says uh, uh about like how he has goblin friends and then he pauses and he goes like, well, as friends, as much as friends as you can be with a goblin. Cause you know, it, it, it's, it, they're very clannish. Right. Right. Again, yeah. another, another one. I mean, another... that, that line, like that I have goblin friends. I'm just like, I am in, I can't, I can't, be- I can't believe this book. Frankly, it is remarkable how many awful tropes that like would be, I would say like a flag on their own, mm-hmm. you know, but like, the, yeah, again, definitely the, not okay. When you have all of these tropes here, when, yeah. you have, when you have every single one of them in one character, in one scene, in one book. Wow. And, and I, and I think wow, that there yowie. is, there is something to be said um, about the specific chapter that this is all appearing in, which is he is sort of like, uh, this outsider that is in this extremely pastoral scene that they're having like this is like a sort of in like in the middle chapter where they're basically just having like family time yeah like peaceful family time and Fleur is like t- is like bringing them a casserole and all this stuff and but grip hook is just in this other little room and doesn't want to be a part of it and and i keep going back to and i'm so glad you read it either last week or the week before and it's that quote from jk rowling where that everyone says the first part about yes. you know how she hates bigotry and she the hates second bigotry. part is because like whatever like oppressed groups can't ever get along they just fight and i and i think like when i read this that the the unsaid part is why can't why can't they all just be normal if they can all just be normal they'd all like we could get along <laughs> it's just it's it's heinous there is another wrinkle to this that i will, I will bring up which is very very funny i i don't think it's pur- purposeful but also i don't think that matters yeah, sure yeah Maybe this is Galaxy Brain, but I think this is like one of the most perfect um, ways and and ways to show how much like liberals will enable fascists. Like that, this yeah. is it. Yeah, yeah. You you could this character could have been from a propaganda pamphlet from Weimar Germany, right? Right. Like, this, uh, <laughs> this is it's 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 less that it's like purposeful and more that like yeah these. This is how, this is how people become hated is is by uh, uh, characterizing them this way as as threats uh, and, and as outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But there was a very funny wrinkle all this because I was doing a lot of research because I was reading this and I was like, this is so obviously full of nasty, nasty. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> like just real nasty uh, uh, shit here about about Grip Hook. And I was like doing some poking around and there was a very ironic uh, article that I found talking about how J.K. Rowling <laughs> gave this interview oh, where she went to the Holocaust Museum mm-hmm. and said that it really moved her and shocked her because uh, she didn't know while writing Half-Blood Prince that the um, the blood status, the blood purity status stuff really happened. I am so embarrassed for she her. She's so fucking stupid. I'm, I'm, I, I am embarrassed. That's like, that is... This is this is such a like, a, like <laughs> normie reference, but I'm like that is the most like Michael Scott ass fucking thing. Just, just to just go to the Holocaust Museum and be like, wow, this is just like my fantasy novel that I wrote. What a <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> fucking thing to do and say. <sighs> yeah, it is. It is really nasty. It it, it is just. I mean, like there, there, there's a lot of that in this chapter too. There's, there's the weird to kind of move on specifically from just like the the grip hook specific stuff. All the weird stuff about like, well, history is complicated, and we don't know, we don't know who's at fault. Here. Ron's real devil's advocate here, huh? Yeah, but it, but it really about- is presented as sort of the the very like lovable racist, right? It, it defangs that. It's it's just Ron, you know. It's just another perspective. I'm so curious where this stuff came from for the story. Like, what inspired this? Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of elements here, like beyond beyond the like the anti-Semitic um, grip hook stuff. This idea that these characters are struggling with this idea that like, oh, the goblins want their like artifacts back is the only thing I can think of is like, is this British Museum discourse? It sure reads like it. That's like the only thing I can think of. Is this, was J.K. Rowling watching the new, because like, I, I would say like mid two th- I mean, it, it's obviously always been criticized yes. over and over and over again. But I think the, the mid 2000s is certainly when I remember that dialogue entering the mainstream um, yeah, it, for the it, first time. It probably when it wouldn't be laughed at, right? Right, right. Just, just, I mean, just still like, laughed at, but, but not immediately dismissed. <laughs> right. I, I think that that was like that. Just in the two thousands, it was certainly like when I, as a kid, first was like presented with the idea, like, hey, uh, maybe museums aren't like this infallible, like, you know, knowledge institution, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the stuff, the stuff that they're that they they're going back and forth on here, but like, well, um. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe Griphook is lying, or maybe his version of history is wrong, or maybe, uh, uh, maybe it doesn't really matter because I paid for it, so I have it, right? Like, these are all, that's like the classic, uh, British Museum, um, arguments, you know, they, they pop up in the news, like, once a month in, in England, where it's like, yeah, the, some, some tiny nation somewhere said, like, hey, can we have this thing back that you stole from us while in, the, you know, in the middle of, like, the colonial area? And the museum says, no, I, it's mine. Uh, it, it's rightfully ours. 
Here's a question. If the goblins didn't uh, intend for it to be for Godric Gryffindor, why does it say his name on it in Times New Roman? <laughs> maybe maybe that that was his whole his whole gamble was that he get the sword and he says like ah 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 I put my name on it. So <laughs> So you can't have it back. I fucking hate this part where Harry's like really upset about the honor of Godric Gryffindor yeah. and be like, oh, if this is true, I just I don't know if I can respect Godric Gryffindor anymore. Like, shut I, up. I can't cancel Godric Gryffindor. Godric Gryffindor is canceled. <laughs> it's so weird. I, I don't know where this came from. And I also... The... The other thing that I think may have been the real inspiration for this when mm. when reading the like uh oh it's um you're technically renting it thing <laughs> yeah is copyright because mm-hmm. that was the other thing in 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 the 2000s was that I think you know this was when you were ripping when like a big thing in the news was like oh are you allowed technically to rip CDs to your computer to put on your iPod hell right? yeah. And and there was the big contingent of of uh, uh, you know of, of more business minded people going like well technically you can't no because it's because you don't own the music you own a license to play the CD and to like to hear it right you don't own the game you own a license to play the game right and I I I, won- <laughs> I wonder in the back of my mind if J.K. Rowling was like putting songs on her ipod you know, she was putting kings of leon on her ipod <laughs> yeah. and was thinking about this like that's where the oh the little goblins don't want me to rip my cds i'm, I'm realizing i'm realizing that jk rowling can't write outside of hogwarts because immediately as soon as harry steps outside every every like subplot is just like a rip from the headlines law and order episode <laughs> it sucks so bad yeah, th- th- like that. That that feels like it's the real, like the, just like the real, ex- like, like 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 that's the real non-intentionally anti-Semitic explanation. Is it has nothing to do actually to do with like uh, uh, property or like uh, Marxism or anything. It's like no, it's it's uh, it's it's just that J.K. Rowling was annoyed that it, it, uh, about reading about not being able to rip CDs onto her computer. She's just processing the news. Yeah, I think that's I I feel like that's not an unreasonable thing because we know that she's very plugged in to like the news cycle and always has been. Uh There's, you know, there's lots of stuff sprinkled throughout the books that just feels like satire of like modern Britain stuff. Right. So I I could see that. How embarrassing. Truly. I mean, like like me saying I don't think she's being uh, anti-Semitic on purpose. That is not a defense of this. It is just a like. I think the fact of the matter is that she really did just sit down and think of a bunch of things she didn't like and <laughs> and put them in one character. And it turns out the things she doesn't like are things that a lot of people have not liked and decided to put onto uh, another group of people throughout history. Huh. Weird how that works. That's that's kind of the grip hook stuff. I mean, there's also just like, I think their plan is stupid, right? Like the... We talked about it a little bit, but I just think that like the withholding information from grip hook, this like way... It feels so forced. That they don't even say, like, hey, we need the sword for something. Hey, we need it to do the thing that we're doing. We need to. We need the sword to defeat Voldemort. Can we perhaps give it to you after that? Because then this really could be... I mean, I'm not saying that it erases problems 
Because no. it just, like, definitely doesn't. But this could be a story about them working with someone different from them. Yeah. To do thing for the good of the world. No. Right. No. 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 It's, it's, uh, I, I mean, there's, there's the, like, we talked about it a little bit last week as well, but, like, this idea that, like, oh, I thought that this was going to be Harry, like, repairing relations with the beasts, right? Harry should have, you know how Harry did her, his triple spell? Yes. He should have given Griffith a wand. Here you go. Yeah, what the fuck? He has so many wands on his person right now. He has so many. He's going to need some triple spells, probably. Here, do you want a fucking wand? Here you go. I got plenty of them. Why does he say, like... like, Obviously, like, it's, like, Harry Savior bullshit, but that is what this novel is. Like, I I, I would start over. I would... You know what? I will will take Harry being... You know, as, as much as I loathe the, like... I mean, the thing I was talking about last week as well, the, like, um the fantasy of being recognized as one of the good ones right right yeah but like oh having 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 a minority tell you like oh but you're okay oh, you're, you're you're good you're different than than the other ones you're, you're nice. not like my oppressors right um uh i i would take harry like magically repairing relations between goblins and centaurs and house elves and humans and stuff i would take that over this which is just him being a like capricious asshole right like it's yeah but just like for no with a really dumb plan it's not even yeah. it's not even a good plan <laughs> right why can't i mean like even giving like a west wing ass speech about like you know Grip hook, our peoples have been divided for a long time, but we all are suffering under one threat right now, and it's Voldemort. And so we need your help, and we need the sword. And if we uh, we defeat Voldemort, maybe we can talk about having a conversation to pencil in a meeting to discuss a, another meeting to vote on perhaps maybe allowing the goblins to have wands. Right. Like it does, not it even that. It doesn't. Not even that. It still like makes it that story, but that is the thing is that is the story we're in. So it's like unless <laughs> she's just gonna start all the way over, I at right. least want it to like be good to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would at least like it to have the cadence of something that is a novel. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like how we talked about how the movie has those great scenes that like, well, they don't actually mean anything, but they sure have the like feel of uh, something important being said to move. This the seems movie along. like a story. It, I don't even know if uh, Deathly Hallows rises to seems like a story <laughs> to me. It's really just like, well, these are words in a book. Um, don't know a story to be determined. I think mm-hmm. maybe it's there somewhere. Yeah, not not yet. Um. So let's move on to uh, um, Flora's transformation into Molly and Lupin's return. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuck this. Flora is Molly. Yeah. Sure is, huh? The every woman, as in every woman is this. <laughs> right. Every woman hits 25 and becomes mom. Yep. Becomes Molly Weasley, the ideal woman. Yeah. How fucking depressing. I don't really, like, know even what else to say about it. I I think it is so, like... Like, maybe it's a cheap shot, but I just think with J.K. Rowling's current shit, this is so baldly, like... Like, it's... She's a misogynist, you know? Yeah. No one hates women more than TERFs. Right. Yeah. 
And I think it, I mean, the evidence is here. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a completely valid observation. It, it like, makes me, I don't want to say that it makes me sad for her. Cause I, like she is not deserving of my, my empathy pity. in this, right, in this yeah. case. Um, there is a sadness to, to me that, that, like clearly she has externalized some extremely harmful misogynistic ideas about what being a woman means. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it especially sucks in the case of Fleur, I feel Mm -hmm. because this is, this is just like the reverse bimbification image. (laughs) Yeah. But like, she's standing up with a casserole. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, she's 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 taking her 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 sexy clothes off and uh, becoming normal and making a casserole for all the boys. It's uh, it's really dark. I I really don't know how to uh, like grapple with it more than that. Honestly, it's like yeah, this is just clearly this author's vision of like what growth for women is because mm-hmm. uh, this is the character growth that every single woman in the series is going through yep because uh, tonks does the same thing yep this, just like completely uh, off screen too yeah yeah it's just it's just assumed that at some point all the women will grow up and just become mom uh-huh and that is so so goddamn depressing yeah uh, and like you say it explains a lot and it, it uh, sort of um really undermines what I think a valuable or like something that people point to sometimes is a valuable thing about Harry Potter, which is um, a lifting up and a valuing of being nurturing and being mom. And obviously that means a lot to JK Rowling. I know she had like yeah. tough, you know, single mother, like all, all that stuff. Um, and it's like, yeah, that person is valuable. That, that yeah. work is valuable. Totally. And and what a way to kneecap that by making it be the only thing a woman can be. Right. That's the thing is, is, is I'm certainly not here to like poo poo the idea of like maternal behavior being bad. Right. Like, I, like I'm not I, I, I don't think that it is bad for a woman to to do this, but it is certainly like moms are good. Mo- yeah. Moms are good. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with a good mom. Just like uh really really depressing to imagine that as like the one thing you know mm-hmm. and like like the the uh uh the the inherent behavior for women yeah i mean um, i think that it values it values uh like maternal love to conceive of womanhood outside of it too and and right. for and, and J.K. Rowling can't do that. She can't conceive of that. Right. It's and also very can't, sad. can't can't in turn can't imagine uh, male characters being nurturing. Right. Um, because uh, all of the dads in this series behave the same way. Yep. <laughs> Which is like they're kind of aloof but good, and uh, but they're not. They're definitely not nurturing, and they are. I mean, like Lupin. Lupin just left his wife's like side to to come and tell everyone, "Hey, my wife's pregnant," and get drunk. Like, <laughs> it's it's so. It's very um. It's very uh like Mad Men scene of 
husband's uh, smoking a cigar during the birth uh, vibe. Yeah. It's very old fashioned to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but not on purpose. No, right? it's like not, it, right. not not about that. It's it's uh, it's it's instead. It is just like no. This is what the guy does. He goes and he goes and gets drunk with his boys afterwards. No, this is supposed to be a feel good scene for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it is just so deathly depressing. I mean, like just the for 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 this to be floor specifically's fate. I think is just what really really. Um, She's not even like they can't even leave the house. You right. know, and and like I, the other thing that we know about her is like the people that Bobatons brought to Hogwarts were like the elite of the elite, like the best yeah. students and, and like, I guess, pseudo athletes since it's like, you know, pseudo sport to do the Triwizard mm-hmm. Tournament. But she was like the best of the best. So yeah. like presumably extremely skilled in like a wide variety of fields. I know that it kind of yeah. kind of kind of hammed it up and had her like sort of be the worst one of the of the four of them. Yeah. But like I don't know. She should it is it is criminal to write um a character that can turn into a bird and shoot fireballs and <laughs> right. be like the best witch at Bobatons and have it become this. She yeah. should be like in an order of the phoenix combat role. Yeah, she should be doing spy shit. I don't know. She she could be doing yeah. She could be like she could be like cool uh like lady spy movie infiltration shit, and then turning into a bird and setting everyone on fire. Like damn, hell yeah, she's fucking cool. But instead, instead she's just become Molly. Yeah, and not, to have not, Harry observe. Oh wow, she's really she's like, like Molly. Molly trying to protect me. Yeah, fuck off. I hate that. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, like I said, it's reverse mummification. And that is like the the like fate for all women in this series. And like I've known that all along, but just like this is easily the most depressing manifestation of that so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, Lupin reappearing is also pretty depressing. No, it's not. This is this is my favorite part of the whole of the whole chapter. Um, it is I, Remus John Lupin. <laughs> I am a werewolf married to Nymphadora Tonks, and you, the secret keeper of Shell Cottage, told me the address and bade me come in an emergency. Why? Where did this Lupin come from? Um, Shakespeare troupe. What do you mean? Yeah, I yeah yes the sh- <laughs> the the Shakespeare troupe lore that we concocted just is true apparently. Why I he was never like this. He was like a tired guy. He was just like a, a little kind of mousy, tired man. And now he's now he is. I guess now that he is has like a, a hot punk girlfriend or whatever that he's he's reverse bimbifying. He's like really invigorated and just wants to to share his prose with the world. I think it's great that he has a hobby. <laughs> so weird he never talked like this the the thing here's i i know he never talked like this too because you read any piece of like marauders fan fiction (laughs) he doesn't talk like this this isn't his character like his character is not talking like a shakespearean actor i my fan fiction writing days are long behind me but sometimes I just, you know, as we've been doing this, I feel like I get the nugget of idea, an idea, and I just a little bit want to write some Marauders fan fiction where he just talks like a Shakespeare actor the whole time. 
they would james would have bullied him mercilessly yeah and i, I are you kidding I, I me wanna, like write it like a like he should turn and do like a soliloquy be so good <laughs> Anyone can use that idea. It's excellent. James and Sirius would would fucking give him a swirl if he talked like this. Like, yeah, that's the whole story. That's the story. There you go. Yeah, stop talking like that. I guess now that James and Sirius are dead, he can talk like that again. That's the secret. Oh, because also Peter Pettigrew died as well, so all of them are gone. Mm-hmm. It's just him, so he is free. He is free to weave his words. Yeah. A master of flighting. Mm-hmm. It's so, it is so funny. It's really weird. But yeah, it's, it's, this is a very funny moment to me because it it's, it's very hollow mm-hmm. and it has the same hollowness to it because it is just a rehash of the scene from the end of book six where uh, Ron is like, Harry, you have been invited to Bill and Fleur's wedding. <laughs> and Harry goes, I wouldn't wow. miss it for the world. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I would do anything to go to this wedding for two characters who barely appeared in the book, <laughs> who I don't know. I am a 16 year old uh, boy and I love weddings. I love weddings. He can't get enough of them. Um, and this is, this is just the sequel to that, which is like, wow. Like, Wow, everyone is so jazzed that that Lupin has a kid. And it's like why why does Harry care? Really? Has Harry ever like, been around babies? No. <laughs> Harry he yeah, Harry's like excited to see baby pictures. It's like who why would he care? <laughs> he doesn't know either. like Lupin exited the picture as a father figure. For, if anything, he should feel like resentment. Like, damn, this kid is going to get the father figure out of Lupin that I never got, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, Ron is also like hyped up. Ron is saying poggers, like poggers. Ron is having so a baby. Jazzed about this. All these teens love babies. Just ah, God. And again, Tonks off screen, going through the same character development arc as uh, Fleur, but even worse because uh, they're all going to die after this yeah there there's a part of me similar to the beginning of this chapter where like it's too bad ron's not time traveling dumbledore this whole scene is so hollow and weird and feels scary like it has the in some ways it has like the cadence of a horror movie to me and and i know (laughs) that the real answer is that it's supposed to be feel good and is also the lupin like death flag because i think this is probably the last time we're gonna see him until we see his dead body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like that, like, send-off where we get to see him be happy and it's like the completion of his arc that is his new arc for the last couple books where it's like, Mm -hmm. that, that, again, happened completely um, (laughs) off-screen of him, like, accepting his role as a father and, like, through that, accepting himself and his werewolfness and all, like, all that shit. I get it. I get it. It just... It sucks, and it feels like he should be like an imposter or or something happening here, but it's not. It's just exactly what it is. I love your imposter idea so much (laughs) because it, similar to, um, the Ron time traveling Dumbledore thing, Mm -hmm. it's a theory. It's an idea that like makes a bunch of shit that gets dropped in this book make a lot more sense. Mm And I think that that scene that we made fun of a lot 
in the early parts of this book where um, Lupin and Harry argue about whether or not Hagrid is a traitor. Mm-hmm. And Lupin is like, you're so naive. There is absolutely a traitor is in our midst. Right. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like that scene would have been a lot creepier in retrospect if that was just like Lupin trying to pin like fake Lupin mm-hmm. uh, either as like, I don't know, Barty Crouch Jr. having escaped Azkaban or because uh, we know that there's been a mass breakout. Right. Um, like uh, or, or some other character impersonating Lupin and like trying to pin something on Hagrid because he thinks he's been blown and then realizing that ha- Harry is just so stupid and naive that he won't hear any of it and he's like okay cool well i that that's my job done for me then yeah i think like another thing is that um the way the order of the phoenix is behaving doesn't really make a whole lot of sense i mean they're supposed to be like a resistance group right and they're kind of yeah. not doing anything we talked about that with like their stupid podcast and stuff how they just and like yeah bill and fleur just appear to be having their like cottage getaway doing nothing zone um <laughs> and but to, but it's like actually really creepy if um, Lupin is the only one trying to like horn in on their Horcrux quest. He's the only one that shows yeah. up and is like, "Hey, can I go with you? Will you tell yeah. me what you're doing? Please tell me yeah. what you're doing." And he's like acting really odd um, and yeah. talking really weird. Um, and I think that and like it sort of doesn't make sense that nobody else is doing that. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. It it. It there are so many moments in this book that are begging for an explanation like that, I think. Oh, also, like, like I, the whole conversation that Lupin and Harry have about the baby is so like absurd. But if it oh, yeah. but if it was like imposter Lupin and say Lupin was dead or captured somewhere else, uh like Tonks having a baby would be just like a complication to this like imposter guy. And it's like fuck, this like Harry won't take me with him because he's like mad about this like baby that like is in the mix and it would be this mm-hmm. weird obstacle for fake Lupin to like have to have to deal with like I think that would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like that's why he just imparts a, a godfather status on a seventeen-year-old, right. right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, instead, instead, it's really Lupin, and he's gonna die, and Harry is going to inherit Teddy at age seventeen. Everything is always exactly as it is on its face in this book. Yep, it's really kind of weird in that way. Yeah, it's it's. For a book about, like, an ancient mystery, <laughs> there is not actually very much mystery in this book. Which is so weird. Like, like J.K. Rowling, all of these... I think the reason that we keep on asking for these things mm-hmm. is because these are things that J.K. Rowling has done in previous Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. She's been really good at, like, laying these clues and dialogue and, 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 and having all these moments that, like, completely flip when you realize the twist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the book four is still the best example of this. Every scene involving fake Moody mm-hmm. is so good when you realize, like, what was really going on there, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, like, that's an expected trait. That's, like, an expected behavior. Right. Um. And for that to be missing from this book entirely, the the final book in the series where you're like, okay, this is we're going to get like the be- the biggest and best one. It's going to be big. This is a gonna, big book. 
this is a big book. Um, and to have nothing is, uh, is a real disappointment. And I can totally see where these theories and stuff came from. Cause it's like, yeah, there's, there is a big gaping hole where a cool twist would have gone in the other books. Mm-hmm. And this just never appears in this one. Yep. Also, the pacing yeah. of this one is so weird. I'm still like, yeah. I'm still fan fiction pilled. Like, I totally see why people <laughs> thought this was fake. Yeah. It reads sort of like serial fan fiction. Like, this feels like a filler chapter. It's like, oh, I guess we'll go do a, we're going to break into Gringotts, I guess, next chapter. <laughs> it's also just like, I, you know, I look at how much of this book is left and I'm like, hmm, not much. Mm-mm. That's for damn sure. Mm-mm. So I have no idea how they are going to satisfactorily wrap this shit up um, in, in the last few chapters. And I guess the answer is they, she doesn't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, God. Is there anything else you want to talk about in this chapter? I, it's it's not a long one. It's, um, there's a lot of little details, but it's... Uh, yeah, it's kind of a filler, like, transition chapter for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I've exhausted everything. Let me just scroll through real quick. I guess just the main thing is this 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 note that we end on where Bill is like, you can't trust goblins. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh and 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 Harry says, damn, I feel like I feel like serious is uh I, I like it, it, it puts quite a fine point on it, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what it is, though. Um, I, I don't think of Sirius as recklessness as being, like, making duplicitous deals. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, Sirius, wasn't, Sirius was, like, reckless, but he wasn't, like, a liar, right? Like, I don't know. He, he a, seemed a, to get into trouble in that he wasn't very, like, subtle, you know? He was... He, right. he, he is hot-headed. He wasn't um, making genie de- deals. <laughs> Sirius would be a terrible genie. Maybe, That's um, true. maybe uh, Dumbledore told Sirius in Order of the Phoenix, like, don't leave Grimmauld Place. And Sirius was like, okay, but he had his fingers crossed behind his back. Ah, got him there. Got him there. You got him there. Uh-huh. Or, or, oh, I thought you said <laughs> don't leave Grimmauld Place, but but I, I technically Grimmauld Place extends all the way to the backyard, so mm. I can go out there. <laughs> maybe maybe he's like, oh, I, oh, I won't not leave Grimmauld Place, Dumbledore. It's like hit him with a double negative. Ooh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duplicitous serious. That would have been quite a character. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, I think it's probably time for us to take a little break so we can reconvene and talk about our predictions uh, now that uh, the, sh- the shape of Fantastic Beasts to come has, uh, has drastically changed. Sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We alluded to this in the first segment, um, but obviously we had a lot of other stuff to cover there. Uh, but we want to talk about, beyond Mads Mikkelsen, who who would be a good Grindelwald? And also, whoever they choose, how how are they going to handle that transition? 
It's yeah. I've, this might be our. This might be the start of Fantastic Beasts uh, prediction season. Yeah. Although, although, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we mentioned that the secret news about oh. Johnny Depp was that the movie's been delayed. Yes, again. the movie's been delayed again. That was like the buried lead in this whole thing. Uh, uh-huh. Is now coming out in June, February, 2022. Uh, that is so long. That's a very when- long time. When did we think we were going to see it? Uh, I think that, so it was going to be this year. It's going to be like December of this year. Okay. And then it was going to be summer of 2021. Uh-huh. And then it was going to be Christmas 2021. Uh-huh. And now it is going to be February or I can't remember if it was February or June, but, but, but 2022 is the new, the new date. I'm, I'm glad because I have been very very pandemic con- conscious this uh, <laughs> uh, last last uh, year or so. Yes. And so it would have been a an annoying dilemma if it came out and I still didn't think it was responsible to go to the movie theater. <laughs> but also feeling like, how, like, oh, I have to see it, right? Yeah. I wouldn't have, but it would have been a bummer. It would have been, yeah, it would have been a bummer. I mean, I'm sure it would have ended up online tenant ended up online immediately um from what i remember but uh yeah it's um it's a long ways off although hey that just gives us comforting comforting facts for all of our listeners um no matter what book or whatever we choose to do after this the harry potter content will come be coming in hot and heavy <laughs> we will it's the worst that's the worst thing i've ever heard <laughs> we will still be here reviewing fantastic beasts in God knows how, whenever that movie fucking comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for now, what do we think they're doing? Like, like I, I read that, you know, Mads Mikkelsen is apparently the, um, the like favorite pick right now, but like, just, just to like play a little imagination game. Who else, who else could fit that role? Uh, easy. Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Easy. Easiest, easiest test in the world. Yeah. He looks. He looks uh, like a snake. Man. He would do it first of all. Yes. Um. I don't think that he would be like, no, it's too cursed. No, the vibes are too bad. I think he has enough of his own vibes mm, um, mm-hmm. that uh, he he would come do the Fantastic Beasts film. Hundred yeah. percent. Um. I would want him to give the exact same performance as he did from Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> would you want him to have like the same haircut, just blonde? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Everything the same. Yeah. I could see it. He makes that funny face a lot in that. He could do that when he was angry as Grindelwald. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I gotta tell you, like jokes aside, yeah. I think that um, Benedict Cumberbatch, like before the Mads Mikkelsen news, yeah. kind of leaked out. I, I thought like, oh, that's gonna be a shoe in mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons. I mean, like number one, I think he just looks the part, right? Uh, he play, he does a lot of good villain roles, um, and also we know that J.K. Rowling and David Yates sort of had a pact to like use as many British actors as they can, right? Right. And I know, that, yeah. I mean that obviously Grindelwald is not a British character, but nonetheless, right? Like, I mean Johnny Depp isn't British either, so. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Cumberbatch played Khan, and he should not yeah, have. So, yeah, yeah, um, he sure did. You know, he sure did you know, play a guy named Khan Singh. I think he'd do it. I think you'd do it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I, 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 I that that was the other part too, right? Is that I know that Benedict Cumberbatch has uh, taken some questionable roles and also <laughs> had to apologize for saying some stuff before. Yeah, uh, uh, so he is he's so ready. Yeah, I think if I think if Mads turns it down, um, which he should because he's he's listening yeah. and we we warn Mads, him of the vibes, Mads, then please. Benedict is such a good choice. Benedict Benedict is 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 a choice who just he he already has that baggage. He's, uh, uh-huh. he's, he said some stuff and had to... He would talk about what a big movie this is going to be, too. Oh, it's such a big movie. I joined it because it's, it's just me. such a big movie. They said, Benedict, do you want to play Grindelwald? I said, oh, I thought that the Harry Potter series is done. They said, no, that's Voldemort. Uh, and I said, oh, well, well, in that case, I would love, I would absolutely love to. <laughs> Thank you. I, yeah, I am, I love the idea of him hamming it the fuck up. He he had that run. And he's kind of not been doing cuz now he's in like he's Doctor Strange who's just kind of an asshole in those movies. Yeah, whatever. Um and he has a stupid looking beard. Um yeah. and he's not really he just had that run of like appearing in a, in some real bad movies as the villain. Um like when he was What else was he Smaug in? Smaug in in the oh, Hobbit series. Sure. Yeah. Uh so I could I could see, you know, he he has I, I guess avoided being completely typecast, but he has a history of like playing just some some hammy movie villains. And I feel like that's kind of what Grindelwald needs to be um in this movie. I, I think I think you have you have to um face reality. Mm-hmm. Grindelwald as a role, this is a gay villain movie, and I think yeah. that this could be Benedict Cumberbatch's gay villain movie role of a lifetime. Now, would they get the other guy? Uh, would they get uh, um, what's his name? Martin, whatever. Who? The guy who played Watson. Oh, <laughs> oh! What would he do? I don't know. Then they get him too, and he he'd be like, would he be like Grindelwald's servant, maybe, or be like, because if we're gonna do the gay villain movie thing. Maybe he has like a manservant or something. Yeah. And, like Dumbledore Maybe, like, gets really to jealous. Make Dumbledore jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. See. See. <laughs> this is not a good thing that we're creating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I just like to refresh your memory a little bit of like what Grindelwald actually looked like in the movie. Because I know I know in, the, in Crimes of Grindelwald. in Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, he looked like Johnny Depp. Well. <laughs> So that's part of it, but I just I'm just yeah. sending you an, a, a, an image here. I know it's Johnny Depp sans Undertale to really hammer home what we're talking <laughs> about here, which is Benedict Cumberbatch with bleach blonde hair in an undercut quaff. I think he's got a little bit of a mustache <laughs> that you can only see in. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a mustache that you can how see. In, you f- how did you find the most like small low? <laughs> low res picture <laughs> I was looking specifically for one from this scene because the lighting okay. looks very funny here's another one how about how about this one uh god he was really bad in this movie that's what fucking kills me yeah. about all of this controversy like beyond everything else Johnny Depp was not good in this film <laughs> he looks face apt in this movie. Yeah, he looks really tired. He's, he's got, like, a Snapchat filter on him, and he just looks really tired. I mean, like, 
Oh, this here's a good one. Here's a good one that really hammers home exactly what I'm talking about. Here is Johnny Depp. What he looked like out of costume while filming. Yeah, yeah. he needs help. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he is he is Sans Undertale. So just he's Johnny Depp playing Sans Undertale. Johnny Depp playing Sans Undertale. Um, and just thinking about Mads Mikkelsen or Benedict Cumberbatch in this role is very. I mean, like, I, I can see it for Mads a little bit, but also, like, here, th- thank you to uh, Joe Blow, the website, for putting this comparison together. Um, Mads is going to look real weird with that shitty little white mustache. Okay, they should just remake the look. Yeah, why not? Um, I, I have a screenshot from Into Darkness on my desktop yes. of Benedict Cumberbatch showering yeah a classic picture. that i look at from time to time <laughs> and i just i need the, i need them to do that like shot for shot and i just need better nick cumberbatch to say one line and it's just going to be him saying new body and i don't want any other explanation oh that's good yeah there was the, i will say i think grindelwald looked a little cooler in the beginning of the movie when he's like the imposter one and he's got his like prison hair and his bigger beard what if they just make that Grindelwald's thing? Okay, what if they just get a new actor to play him in every single movie and he's the chameleon villain? That's cool. Yeah, I could That's cool, right? Yeah, I like that. I I'd be down with that if he just he's just like a shapeshifter, new like lore the for only, him. The only concept they have now is Hitler, and that sucks. And I'm not saying I'm mean, like you can't like erase that, although you should. <laughs> but if they like added something else to make it compelling, like, oh, this is like the chameleon villain guy. That would be cool. <laughs> I I'm just searching through the subreddit for like pictures and stuff, and I forgot mm-hmm. that there was this very popular post um that someone made. Uh my prediction for the title of Fantastic Beast 3. Oh. And they've made a poster here. Fantastic Beasts, the blood of Dumbledore. Who will pay the price? 2021. Wow. I guess they have to change that to 2022 now. Yeah. Um, but I... Grindelwald was just... I mean, like, they, they, his name is in the second movie's title. They really, really want people to care about Grindelwald. And I, um, I'm i very curious, like... Cause so, so they... We had those headlines a couple of weeks ago about, like, oh, you know, if Johnny Depp's case goes bad, they have plans to minimize his role. Mm-hmm. Now, now that he's gone, does that mean that they can put in all of the other stuff that they took out? Does that now they can maximize the can role? They can maximize the role for Mads Mikkelsen or Benedict Cumberbatch or uh, other famous British uh, uh, Cary Grant. I don't know. Um, uh, British actors. <laughs> Let's- Here- is that I have I have all these like fantasy castings for um, Grindelwald like I'm imagining Mads Mikkelsen yeah. I'm imagining Johnny Depp and here's the problem with that yeah. um, this is supposedly a movie about Newt right and I yeah. find him to be a very boring character for yes, the most part absolutely um, if this is a movie where Jude Law and um, and like Mads Mikkelsen are like evil boyfriends yeah. or whatever yeah. I don't want to see Newt I don't care about that <laughs> shit I don't I don't care about i don't care about jacob kowalski i don't care about tina yeah that's her name like at all i just want to see like 
like Maz Mikkelsen like vamping the whole time. Yes. Which is the opposite of what I wanted before because I didn't want to see Johnny Depp because he did a really kind of bad job. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was very bad at it. Okay, so let's see here. We've got got Benedict Cumberbatch, obviously, top of the list, famous actress yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Christian Bale. Don't know if that's the guy you want to hire um if the if the wife beating thing is 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 your uh is your uh 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 reason for firing johnny depp um hugh laurie uh no 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 that doesn't work tom hiddleston uh let me look at a picture of him hold on i know who it is i yeah, just yeah. i need to i need, you to, need visualize. to visualize absolutely see it yeah i'd see that he's a little bit more mischievous which i think fits though because like grindelwald is supposed to be like charismatic and handsome right and like yeah that's my one that's see that's my one thing and the problem is is that like this doesn't matter because johnny depp already like blew this out of the water right but like Mm -hmm. the characterization we had of grindelwald was that he was like effortlessly like roguish and charming right whereas he's kind of a ghoul in johnny depp's portrayal yeah. Um. And like, I, 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 I see immediately when when I read, oh, Mads Mikkelsen's going to be in the role. They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Of course, they want Mads Mikkelsen to do the Mads Mikkelsen thing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's not really the Grindelwald we kind of get to learn about in the books, right? I'd see. I could see Tom Hiddleston fitting that a little closer. Yeah, I'm sort of picturing that scene again where um, he's like an impish, uh, impish wizard with like blonde curls, like backflipping out of a window. Right. And I can and I can picture Tom Hiddleston. That's doing Tom Hiddleston, that. absolutely. Yeah. Um, Colin Firth. I'm gonna go with no on that one. Mm-mm. Uh, Damian Lewis. Well, maybe. Sean Bean. Let's get Sean Bean in here. <laughs> Let's get Sean Bean in here. I mean, the character does die, so... Oh, James mm-hmm. McAvoy. No, thank you. Uh, oh, I just tabbed over and Daniel Craig is here, and I don't think Daniel Craig should be him, but I would also really like them to pick a better file photo for Daniel Craig on this Google search. Can can they please be nice to my man, Daniel? <laughs> What the fuck? That looks like they ran him through the old guy filter. <laughs> that is really rude. Daniel Craig is a is a handsome man. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Christopher Nolan just appeared in this list. That's <laughs> not. Hang on. Excuse me. That'd be an interesting choice. Yeah, his first role as the evil <laughs> wizard. <laughs> I mean, I guess he did try and get a bunch of people killed recently. Like he's he, he's he's learned. Oh, Orlando Bloom. Sure. Maybe. He's pretty. I'm again, again, I can picture him, but I want to. I haven't seen like a recent thing of him. Right. So let me see what he's got going on. We know he looks good blonde. Maybe. I don't I no. I, I'm vetoing this. Yeah. I don't really know why, but it's just not working for me. Kenneth Branagh. Oh, you know what? Kenneth Branagh. I, oh hell yeah. Yeah, I can well, he was already fucking um. Who cares? Yeah. He's an actor. Yeah, I was very excited about that before I remembered he was already the other best character in the series. Uh, (laughs) I was like, damn, he'd look good with curly blonde hair. Oh, wait, he did literally did that in one of the movies. Right, (laughs) yeah. 
Um, okay, well, Laurence Olivier is on the list now, so I think we might be going a little too far back in time. Mm. I don't think Laurence Olivier will be able to no, portray... No, I don't think so. Uh, uh, Grindelwald. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel... I think our first thought is our best thought. It's got to be Benedict it's Cumberbatch. Gotta, yeah, I think Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> really is the, like, he already looks like a snake man. Honestly, he should have been Voldemort. He was born to play Voldemort. but since Definitely. But since that is impossible, I think Grindelwald is, like, the, the, con- the like, you know, the concession prize there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, he's around the right age. He's He can definitely play a villain. We know he can have curly hair. Not that that matters because they're going to give him a fucking horrible. Here's here's the thing is I think Mads is the best choice. But the reason that that can't work is, like I said, this I is want more the whole movie to be Mads and Jude Law. And also, yep, there it is. There it is. Um, And also, like, that is just a different movie. I know I talk a lot because <laughs> we kind of make fun of people that are like, oh, I really want Harry Potter to, like, be dark and, like, for adults. But the thing is, <laughs> is if it's Mads Mikkelsen... I do want this film to be rated R. <laughs> you know? Just for him. Right. I, I, I'm going to need him to do some, like, sicko shit um, that will not be good for a PG-13 audience. But Benedict Cumberbatch is the PG-13 villain. I, yeah, I can see... I'm th- I'm, I'm throwing my mind into a, into a new... Um, uh, into a new space. Mm-hmm. And I'm imagining if Mads Mikkelsen had been Grindelwald all along... Uh-huh. He he could have made that stupid scene with the baby cool. Yeah. Uh, with, the, with the baby murder. Yeah. Uh, I I think he 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 has a menace that uh, Johnny Depp absolutely did not carry in that film. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I mean, like the thing is with 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 that scene is is like every time Grindelwald had to do something sinister, he just got like the sexy lady to do it. Right. And I'm not really complaining about that because uh-huh. she was very powerful. Yeah. Um. But, like, it didn't make Grindelwald seem very intimidating. No. Um, no. And I think Mads Mikkelsen does the thing where it's, like, he is very charming, but he is, like, a little out of step. Like, you feel a little, like, on the back foot constantly. Yeah. Like, you don't really know what he's going to do. You don't know what kind of sicko stuff is, is going to go on. Um, I think he's really good at that thing uh, that Johnny Depp did not do very well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. Johnny Depp had the more like, hey, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> Johnny Depp, I'm thinking about, specifically about the baby scene. Yeah. And how he's introduced in that scene, like, walking down the streets of Paris in those fucking, like, goth stompers. Mm-hmm. And how, what an utterly ridiculous character design that is. And yeah. I just re- remembered something while thinking about that. That makes me wonder if we will get a, like, different Grindelwald design in this. Mm. Which is, Johnny Depp designed the Grindelwald look. I forgot Remember about that. This? He went into to detail about, like, his big figurative thoughts about why his eyes were different colors and stuff. Yeah, he, he was on, like, a Skype call with J.K. Rowling, and she was like, I'm gonna send you over the character description. And he said, no, I have the perfect idea. And he, like demonstrated to her like i i will i will wear i will wear a, a, a one contact lens and i will put i will put a stupid wig on and that'll be the character design is this is this the 
Marilyn Manson connection. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because Marilyn because Manson wears those. He probably was he, like, I have the hookup for some for some uh, some contact lenses. Don't you worry. It, it looks like Marilyn Manson designed that <laughs> that uh, outfit. Yeah. That was my other wonder. I was like, I was like, this is a long, long shot. But just like speaking of like actors who like just think about how actors, you know, aren't maybe aren't jumping up and down to be in a uh, a sequel to a failed blockbuster helmed by J.K. Rowling, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking, is this going to be Marilyn Manson's star turn as Grindelwald? <laughs> Again, not great for, like, the reasons they're making Johnny Depp leave right. to then just have Marilyn Manson do it, yeah. but um, it would be very funny. The, but the thing is, they don't care about the morality of it. They're just like, well, those headlines are a little more buried, you know? Like, Yeah. Um, uh, but I could see that. But the the thing is, is that I wonder if, I, I have no idea if this is in the contract, because all this stuff is always very weird when you're like, um, uh, using ideas from like actors and stuff mm-hmm. i have no idea if they even have like like can they use johnny depp's ideas for the character costume can, god i hope not do, can they do they do they own those th- that likeness i mean like, i assume that they probably just talked him into like signing that likeness over but maybe mm-hmm. they wouldn't yeah, maybe they also wouldn't do it to like you know they were like well we we don't want any association with johnny depp left at all so maybe we will just replace it with a new design i think that might be a good way to go if they were to get a different actor for each movie they should just let each actor design it and i could see Matt <laughs> mickelson designing um new grindelwald but it's just him he'd be like no yeah this is he, it. he'd say i have oh i have the perfect <laughs> idea for this and then he would he would enter he would leave the room and then he would come back wearing a slightly <laughs> different suit yeah, just, here it is. Yeah, uh, uh, Grindel, Grindelwald. Uh, I see him more of a Brooks Brothers man. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, totally. It will just it'll just be a guy in a nice in a nice 1930s suit. Uh, exactly. Uh, and you know what? I'm all, I'm that that works for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's like an element of um, of Dumbledore's story where it's like we saw Johnny Depp in that ridiculous uh, getup, and it was like, damn, Dumbledore. This is what you fell for. Where it's like, <laughs> where, where, it was like, like mad. It was mad. I'd be like, all right, yeah. I can see it. I gotcha. <laughs> it's... And with Benedict, I'd be like, oh, Dumbledore even spending a lot of time on Tumblr, but all right. <laughs> I gotcha. Tumbledore? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um,. I also would really like to discuss Mm -hmm. how they're going to handle this transition in the film. Okay, real answer, they're just not going to say anything. Is that the real answer, though? I don't know. I I feel like they can't resist, because this is already such a big headline, right? Well, I I think that the thing is, is that... um, it is going to depend on whether there's a character design change. If they just yeah. have, if they if they use the the Johnny Depp Sans Undertale design, yeah, then they won't say anything, right? Because it's but just a if, different it's a different actor stepping into the same role. They don't need to address it. That yeah, that's fair. But if it is just Mads Mikkelsen in a nice 1930s suit, I, I they have to do something. <laughs> yeah. See, I I I feel like there's ample room 
for them. I mean, like there are multiple ways to change your appearance in this series. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like all things considered, given how many things have been retconned already about this series, giving Grindelwald one more power uh, is not ridiculous. Yeah, you know, just saying like, oh, he's he's also a he's also a a, um, a metamorph magus or whatever. I have a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Polyjuice accident. Oops, he made the Polyjuice too too good, and now he's stuck like that. I have some. I just looked this up because I was like, what is Grindelwald's power with shape shifting? <laughs> good, good fucking question. Yeah, yeah. what is, what is the question? This is some lore for the first movie that I was not aware of. Okay. J.K. Rowling reveals Percival Graves never existed. Okay. The American wizard Percival Graves never existed, and this key detail puts the events of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them in a whole new light. When Fantastic Beasts revealed that Colin Farrell's Percival Graves was really the dark wizard Grindelwald in disguise, the natural assumption was that he was using Polyjuice Potion to assume a real Order's identity. After all, J.K. Rowling had said a president would gobble to fire when Barty Crutch Jr. used Polyjuice to pose as Mad-Eye Moody. But Rowling recently set up a new website separate from Pottermore. And this just syncs to jkrowling.com slash welcome to my new website. Oh my god, I've never (laughs) seen this either. Incredible. Um, Where she revealed something surprising. Grindelwald did not use Polyjuice Potion. In a question and answer section on her site, she writes... Question, why did Revelio undo the effects of Polyjuice Potion? Answer, it didn't. Grindelwald's transfiguration surpasses that of most wizards, so he uses a spell, not a potion, to take on the appearance of Percival Graves. Oh. I mean, so... That's not surprising. Like, if Crumb can transform himself to have the head of a shark, why wouldn't someone just be able to transform themselves? Right into looking different yeah hmm interesting interesting jk rowling uh uh, that jk rowling has a a poor grasp on people transforming themselves (sighs) yeah yeah uh, on the other hand, this makes the pl- plot of Fantastic Beasts make less sense. If Percival Graves was not a previously established identity, how was he able to rise through the Macusa ranks in such a short amount of time? Shouldn't they have better security measures in place regarding <laughs> wizards who can get close to the president? On the other hand, there is a precedent in the Harry Potter worlds for disguise through transfiguration. In Deathly Hallows, the trio breaks into Gringotts. Harry, Her- Hermione takes Polyjuice Potion to, uh, poses Bellatrix as strange, but Ron simply transfigures his facial features and pretends to be a random foreign wizard. What? So that's new. That's that's coming up, I guess, in our uh, in our in our exciting uh, Deathly Hallows adventure. Did not know that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I so I guess that is just a power. So I guess Grindelwald is just really good at using the character creator on his own face. I I can't in the same way that. It seems like society would be affected by the by access to Polyjuice Potion. The idea that you could character create or your face seems like it would have implications, but I guess not. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. There would be no implications, actually, because uh, only bad people do it. Oh. Big thinking emoji on that one. Um... But yes, so so I guess I guess that explains that. 
He is a transformation master. So I guess I guess they really do. You know what they will do? I, I think I think I've got this all figured out. They will have a like body double of Johnny Depp. Okay. Shot from the back uh-huh. in very dark lighting. And you won't see his like full face ever, but you'll like see him like getting up and going to the mirror and like pointing a wand at his face and like some some spell effects happen. Uh-huh. And then it th- then it's like pa- it just like pans up to reveal Mads Mikkelsen's face in the mirror. Okay, but like, what's his character motivation to do that? Uh, hmm. oh well. Oh, you know what? There was that. There was that other theory. I think we talked about this uh, previously when when we were just kind of spitballing on like whether they would replace him at all, right? Mm-hmm. And there was like the what if um. What if like his face got fucked up in a fight with some orrs or something? Right, yeah. Uh and and so maybe maybe we see we kind of capture him in media res, returning to his castle, clutching his face, going, ah, ooh, they shot my face. Right. And yeah. then like reconstruct there's that part in Elysium where a guy's face gets blown off with a grenade and then they put him in the laser machine and the laser machine reconstructs his face. Maybe it'll be like that. Mm-hmm. That'd like, be pretty cool. It's like ah, ooh, they blew my face off. Someone picked up six wands and stupefied me point blank, <laughs> blew my entire face off. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I gotta, I've gotta step into my magic machine and reconstruct my face. And oops, it's a little different now, but that's okay. It's more handsome. Um, is he gonna have to like reintroduce himself to all his followers? Because the whole <laughs> thing about like about like Crimes of Grindelwald two is like he or. Fantastic Beast 2, Crimes of Grindelwald, was that he is sort of like showing himself and being open about being Wizard Hitler or whatever. Wow, I completely forgot about that aspect. And so everyone's like, oh, this is our guy. And they're probably like, wait a "Um, second. Hmm. Are you still our guy? Exactly. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot that that was like the whole point of his meeting was he's like I'm stepping out, I'm racist now, like like that was his whole yeah. whole motivation for uh, for doing that big meeting at the end. Hmm. Shit. So I think that huh. was the whole motivation. So so now he has to deal with being a whole new guy. <laughs> hey, I'm an old. I'm a whole new guy, but I'm still. I'm still your racist boss that you know and love. All all of his like followers that like got to see him have probably been busy doing their like their like weird like propaganda like racist oil paintings of him <laughs> and now and, of like him being like extra sexy and now he's gonna he's gonna Mads Mickelson. Oh my god, that's or so, Benedict Cumberbatch. That's maybe that's how they do it. Mm. I've, I've 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 pictured a new even stupider scene. Okay, is uh. You have, um, you have like a shot of like a painter painting a, a beautiful painting of a, like, yeah. a portrait of him, uh-huh. and he's like just finishing up the face, uh-huh. and his like his easel is like positioned in such a way where you can't see Grindelwald's <laughs> face while he's while he's sitting for the portrait, mm-hmm. and then like he, uh, the artist you know swings the easel around. And and uh, Grindelwald's like, oh, it's 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 so wonderful, but there's there's one detail I'd like you to, you know I'd like you to change, and then you hear like, whoosh, you know, <laughs> gross meat sounds as he transforms his face as the artist looks on in horror, and then he's like, yes, my lord, I will finish the pa- I will update the painting right away. 
Wait, that's actually that actually rules though. <laughs> that's actually way cooler than anything they'll do. Because <laughs> I'll tell you the stupider version that is actually going to happen, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know how uh, in like. Oftentimes in the original series movies, there's like a stupid montage of newspapers and there's that me- it's like do, 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 and it's like showing the stuff that was Star oh, Wars, but um yeah. it's like rifling through the papers and you see like the moving photos and stuff. It'll be that, but it's gonna be like a, a montage of like um of, of like paintings of him, but as the montage goes on, he'll just like morph in the paintings into Mads Mickelson. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I I like that. I, I also I think there's another option that's like kind of similar to that one. Mm-hmm. When you said the newspaper thing, I remember that both of these fucking movies have started with the newspapers. I think. Yeah. So if they do it again, um, here's how they do it. They get around it in the film without even saying anything, which is they have a bunch of headlines about like, oh, Grindelwald's reign of terror continues. Where mm-hmm. is Grindelwald? Has anyone Grindelwald missing for three years? And then they have like one that's like a picture of Mads Mikkelsen. And they're like, is this Grindelwald? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's how the movie starts. I yeah. feel like that's a, a real distinct possibility as well. Uh-huh. Just, just get it out of the way in the fucking newspaper intro. Yeah. Get everyone up to speed. Yeah. Yeah. Get it, just just that that's one and done. You don't need to ever address it in the movie itself. I could see that. I, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, I don't want, I don't want Matt to get wrapped up in this thing, you know? No, God, no. That's it's, why it's for, it's for Benedict. It's the perfect role <laughs> He's for already, he's already cursed. He's already in the shit. He's already, he was in the damn Hobbit movies. He survived <laughs> some curse productions. Right. I, I, uh, I could see him rolling with those punches. I just, I'm very curious I, I I realize that all signs point to them finishing this thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I still have just in the back of my head this thought, like, how much of this is real and how much of this is, like, bluster so they can let the news out gently, you know? Mm. Just because, like, I, I the J.K. Rowling is not going to stop uh, her her behavior. I, I think that, like, Harry Potter, I mean, like, the, the public sentiment, like you said, like, like Time Magazine ran that, like, just cancel it already article. Yeah. I've never, have you ever seen that for, like, a, a any movie ever? Like, just, just mainstream news just saying, like, they should stop making a movie. Like, that yeah. is so crazy to me. <laughs> uh, that That is so unprecedented, I think, in, like, modern like modern media coverage and no one was like they shouldn't make um rise of skywalker right <laughs> and like that seems like a cursed franchise yeah yeah it's like it, it, it is it is kind of unprecedented the way this thing is being talked about in, in, in the public sphere and i just wonder just with like investor concerns or or like just just PR concerns in general, whether this is if whether this movie just really is just on the chopping block, but they have to kind of let it die slowly mm-hmm. rather than just like, you know, 
getting it all over with at once, which I I don't know how like volatile WB's like stock profile is right now, right? I don't know. Here's how they'll here's how they'll cancel it. They'll keep having actors. They'll even hire a new guy. They'll hire Benedict, and he'll be like, "This is so excited to work on this big movie." And then they'll like march. (laughs) They'll march Newt out to be like, um, I don't know why I can't think of the actor's name. Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. They'll they'll march out Eddie Redmayne to do an interview, and he'll be like, "Sorry guys, it got too big." So it, it got it got too big, and you know what? Nothing fizzes forever. Right. The f- so, car- the carbonation always runs out eventually. Right. So and... it was just it got too big to handle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna let it go. <laughs> that, that's gonna be their whole. They're gonna like try and position it as like this long lost film that would have like saved the fr- like oh it was gonna be so big. Uh, it was going, you, like, you have no idea what you're missing, but unfortunately... You thought Synecdoche in New York was big. <laughs> that's, that's, I am so sad that everything is happening this year, and you can't go to Whidbey Island, and you can't meet Eddie Redmayne, and, <laughs> and have him say to you specifically, it was going to be so big, it was going to be like Synecdoche, New York. <laughs> That would have happened. <laughs> that is still, you know, there like like this this event, this week of news uh-huh. has yeah. really been a, a reminder of like how how many incredible like fateful things have happened over oh, the course of us doing this show. Um I could have run s- into any celebrity. Yeah. I think that is by far the craziest thing that has happened to either of us. If I texted you be like, whoa, I ran into Bruce Willis, I would be, I'd be like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> you just texting me out of the blue and being like, I just saw Eddie Redmayne is still just the absolute craziest thing that has happened. Uh, me not approaching him for a picture is like probably going to be one of the great regrets of my life. <laughs> that would have been one hell of a face reveal for, the, right? for this show. Just like, oh, by the way, I ran into Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> I asked him, "Hey, why that? Why did that movie suck so bad? What was going on? Hey, how, big, how big is this movie exactly? How big is this movie? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, uh, I, I just don't know. We don't even have a title for the movie. We don't have like a plot. We know two things about it. We know that it starts in China because mm-hmm. presumably, I think it's like." Newt is gonna like give the Zulu back to like a Chinese wizard or something. I think that leaked a while ago. Okay. And then I think all the rest of the what we know is that it's set in Brazil. Like okay. Like it's in it's in Rio because because uh, uh, J.K. Rowling tweeted out like I don't know how to spell Rio de Janeiro, uh, and and everyone was like, oh, is this Fantastic Beast? And she said, yes, this is the script or whatever. Um, that's it, and. I know that they pushed it back to 2022, but like we at one point were supposed to be watching this movie in like a few weeks, right? Yeah. Um. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. With there, there hasn't been a trailer, there hasn't been a teaser, there hasn't been a synopsis. All we keep hearing is these <laughs> actors saying, "Oh, it's really big." Yeah. They haven't even started filming it. It's just like, like what, what, what story is big enough to be worth all this strife? They were going to reduce the role of the main antagonist. The main villain for and the then whole series. him. Now. <laughs> Hello? 
Kid, like, right, that's the other thing. If they hadn't fired him and they had just gone with the reduced role thing, what what would they possibly have made? Because it's is like, it just another Newt adventure story? I mean, that's better, right? That's I guess. Th- that's but then, st- what is what the hell is Crimes of Grindelwald about? <laughs> Yeah, who? what would the villain's purpose be if Grindelwald was not in the movie? I, it is like a fever dream thinking back on Crimes of Grindelwald and how yeah. it was like about how Lita Lestrange thought she drowned her baby brother, but the babies were switched. I'm just like, what? Yeah, and it wasn't your that, baby. Like, you just drowned someone someone else's baby. But don't worry. Listen to this 20-minute monologue about family trees. Oh, quick. We got to get to the racist rally that Johnny <laughs> Depp is holding. Yeah, there was a lot of baby murder in that movie. There was a lot of uh, rape in that movie. Uh, yeah, so I don't know how you follow that up with, like, wacky animal <laughs> adventure. Yeah, not, uh, not a... Not fun subject matters in that movie, really, uh, for your villain introduction. Uh, He smoked he smoked a skull bong and then said, if you don't follow me, the Holocaust will happen. Um, Yeah. Yeah. All of that stuff happened in that movie, huh? Yeah. There was also Queenie went over to the dark side for some reason. Unsure. Oh, yeah. After like losing the her fiance that she like drugged <laughs> right oh my god <laughs> a lot of weird shit happened in that movie huh yeah we need benedict cumberbatch to we come and need save it. benedict cumberbatch we need mads mickelson we need them to what if what if it's both of them just put what both if, of them in the movie <laughs> what if what if they could shapeshift between Mads Mikkelsen and Benedict Cumberbatch? That's just the perfect movie. That'll what if, turn this whole thing around. What if they do the exact same ending as the first one, where it's Mads Mikkelsen <laughs> for the whole like first two thirds, and then they like defeat him, and they're like Revelio, and it turns out to be Benedict Cumberbatch, and he's like surprised to see me, and they're like, "No, we know it's you." What is happening? <laughs> That's how every Grindelwald movie could end. It's like, oh my god. It's like how in Doctor Who they always, you know, like the the Doctor regenerates. <laughs> yeah. It's like at the end of every Grindelwald movie, he gets he gets like knocked out. He's in like the down state and they're like, "Okay, time to find out who you really are." And they just find a different actor. How how try this one on for size. Yeah. Um what if the reason um J.K. Rowling didn't write a Doctor Who episode is that she sat down to write it and accidentally wrote this instead. <laughs> Great, yeah, uh, the doctor uh, arrives in 1920s New York and loses <laughs> his case of aliens that he was carrying uh, <laughs> for safekeeping somewhere else. So he teams up with a. Oh wait, this part is just Doctor Who. He teams up with a sexy lady. I know it. It literally is. This is what happened. She turned the script in, and they were like. Oh, well, we love it. Um, but it's a five film series. <laughs> this is well, wow, this is a this is definitely the biggest episode of Doctor Who anyone's ever written. <laughs> it's 12 hours long. <laughs> we need it in a tight 40. And she was like, "I don't have time." I can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. That's canon now. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Oh, God. Well, speaking of big, 
This has been a big episode. Of, this is a big episode. Chap. Yeah, the big, big episode, but I think... This is our Synecdoche, New York. <laughs> we made a big podcast episode. <laughs> we should probably take it to the close. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use it as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash streetcast. We get lots and lots and lots of bonus content there for you. Twilight incoming at some point very sorry life has been life is hard life is hard and we have work to do and shit's happening it's all crazy uh but it it will happen and uh liz what are we gonna read next week we're reading chapter 26 it's called gringotts wahoo heist time yep heist number two heist number two this time it's good we also didn't hear anything about the planning for this one That's fine. Fuck. All right. Well, no matter no matter how many times you want to comb it to find clues for the heist or for time traveling Dumbledore, please read another book. Please read another book. But there's a lady there makes ocean raw seem tame. But know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.